What is up, everybody? Sports Take on this Eagles Monday, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Good to be hanging with us. Gunner's going to be joining us momentarily. He is getting set up down at Ocean uh, Casino Resort. He is getting set up for today's show, Sports Take. He's also going to be doing uh, the pre- and post-game show as well for Jacob. So Gunner will be with us momentarily. I got you all to myself. So what's up, everybody? What's up, Twiz? What's up, Donnie? What's up, Jim G? What is up, Mood Swing Bella? What is up, Fitness Rebel Devin Gandwagon? That is correct. Jersey, South Jersey D. Give me a little shout out. If I missed anybody, re uh, reestablish here because they're moving fast and furious. What's up, Tyrone? What's up, Jabari? What's up, uh, Blatorian? Hope, hope we're doing well out there, Swing Ball. By the way, not only uh, do we have an Eagles Monday, but it's also a Cowboys lost yesterday, Monday, which is about as good as it gets, right? I mean, if you're not playing, and you get a chance to sit back and just watch the games. How much fun is it, A, just to have sort of a non-stressful NFL endeavor, but have it capped off, you know, with a with a 425 game where the Cowboys lose to a bad, bad, bad Cardinals team. Yes, what's up, Mood Swing Bella? What is up, Dynasty? Man Bar, Leo, Mr. Taz. Hope you guys are doing good. Uh, what is up, everybody? Good to be hanging out with you, Chris. Uh, yes, Cowboys lose. Uh, how about them Cowboys is absolutely right. Uh, came up very, very small, and as usual, Dak doing Dak things in the in the red zone, and it's beautiful. So, how soon till we hear from our little cowboy weasels in the uh, chat? You now, where, where, where's Texas boy and all the other guys? My guess is they're hiding under the rock that they usually exist under uh, for most of the time. Usually, the way it works. What's up, Joey B? What is up? It's Joe. What's up, Tyler? Lit City, Jim G. How we doing? Uh, yeah. So Barbara Carroll, how you guys doing? Uh, yeah, got the hairs cut last week. Uh, spent the weekend in Columbia, South Carolina. Visited uh, my wife and I visited our daughter there, and we got a chance to uh, to go to an SEC game. There is my wife making an appearance right there in the background. Uh, yes. Hi, hi everybody. Woohoo! Live stream, baby. Uh, yes. So uh, we watched South Carolina take care of business against Mississippi State. And they won, and it was a blast. Bryce Williams Stadium kicks butt, for those of you who haven't been down there. I would suggest you check it out. And there's the Gunner Man from Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, D-Gun. What is up, Gunner Man? Hey, hey, can you hear me okay? Gotcha, man. Sound good. All right. Uh, hey, look here, man. I don't just do this for anybody, so I want you to understand, you know, 
Rob Ellis's family to me, all right? So I, I just want you to understand, I raced here. It took me two hours to get here. And at one point, you know, you know how you drive roads so often that you just know certain points, like the back of your hand, you're not even paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm driving this, you know, Route 40 in Jersey, back roads, little town like Mayberry, RFD type towns, right? Yeah. And a lot of the places you got to go 35, 40. So I'm trying to get here on time. So I hit one point, it was like 35. I'm doing 65, 60. And then something said, D-Gun, slow down. Slow down, D-Gun, slow down. Yep. And luckily, I, I heeded to that voice <laughs> because about 100 yards up, I look off to my right, there's a uh, SUV cop sitting there in the cove. And I'm like, man, he'd have got me for at least 150 bucks if I hadn't slowed down because I was moving trying to get here. Um, you know, and I try to be... I try to be meticulous, Rob, when I pack and stuff. And I, left, I, I left my dog on Logic Cam. So I'm, I'm coming to you from the actual laptop camera, and I'm in this room. This is the green room. You can't see it. It's like a nice green room right. where we watch uh, the games for, for pre- and post-game shows. Yeah. Jacob Media, you know, me, Mark Frazetta, Seth Joyner. Right. Um, you know, Mike Missinelli, um, Kayla Santiago, Bill Colorado. Um and it's like dimly lit. And I forgot right. my Logitech cam on the top. So if it looks like I'm in a closet or in a witness protection program, that's why. So. It's a little dark, but that's okay. Hey, we're, we're just what, happy what, you're here, man. What, you know, what did you say? I'm a little dark. Did you say I, that? I, 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 did you say that? Did you no, just say, D-Gun, you're a little dark? I'll drive right down there right now, D-Gun. Don't, 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 don't put it past me. I could make it there before 3 o'clock. Um, <laughs> nobody... It's good to be hanging. I was just I was just sharing with everybody. I did the uh, I did the SEC football weekend, man. Yes, I was. Asking, how was it, dude? Your okay. first SEC game. It was so fun, man. We we had an unbelievable time. First of all, it was great to see my daughter. I haven't seen her for for a little bit, but um, right. we went to. So we stayed at an Airbnb with uh, like friends of hers that she's met at school. Um, so it was a lot of uh, Southern hospitality, you know, folks oh, from. Yeah. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Charleston, folks from North Carolina, because uh, Columbia, South Carolina is kind of midway for both. It's about yeah. an hour and a half from Charlotte. It's about an hour and a half ish from uh, from Charleston. So we stayed with a bunch of folks and we had a we had a great day um, Saturday, man. We had like a big brunch for everybody, you know, little little like, you know, pregame festivities before we headed over to the uh, to to Bryce Williams Stadium. Right, right. It was awesome. It was just so much fun. We, we had college games on the early games. Uh, Florida State Clemson turned out to be a great game, yep. you know, watching all those games. And then so we rolled over there and it's it's something, man. Like I've been to a million tailgates with the Eagles and, and but man, SEC football does it right. It was it was really, really cool. The stadium. I, I think I sent you guys some stuff. So if we have that tone, uh, I'll show the people that stuff and then we'll then we'll get into the to the birds. But uh, all right. Check it out. So here's. Oh, yeah. So they, now I know they. It looks like I'm in nosebleeds, but they're really they're not bad seats at all, man. And they do this like wow. I think I did. I send a video. Yeah, th th take a listen to this. Is there audio? I don't know. That's awesome. It, look at the light show too. Wow, isn't that pretty cool? That dude. That you know, it's one thing to see it on television, and I've watched so many SEC games. And the pregame pageantries with, within the stadiums from TV. But that's why I couldn't wait to hear from firsthand experience somebody who has never experienced that before and what it was like. 
Yeah, it, it was really awesome. So that, was, that gives you a little, yeah, that gives you a little taste, right? And then as we're as we're tailgating, like the sun is starting to go down a little bit, and you can the, the sky is like pink right above the stadium. Like it was just a really cool setting, and the game was great. You know, not a lot of defense being played, but South Carolina won, and that that's the bottom line. Uh, had a blast, man. It was it was really cool. The whole weekend was great. Uh, the weather, we got lucky because certain, you know, you you got yeah. crushed here. Yeah, in certain yeah. parts of North Carolina and South Carolina got it really bad. We didn't. We didn't get any anything at all. So we got. All right. So, so I, got some, I got some questions for you. Yes. First of all, I already know the answer because I know how limited your your palate is. Well, I got something for you on this. Okay. Did, yep. did you have shrimp and grits? Because that's a southern delicacy. I can't believe you just said that. So our one of the with the the families that we stayed with. Yes. This guy went all out. You he you 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 and him would have gotten along extremely well. Ooh, okay. Man. So he he started preparing Friday night his shrimp and grits. Oh my god. Into into Saturday, okay? And got up at like 7, you know, he went they went all out, right? Uh, Maggie loved it, Maddie, my daughter loved it. It wasn't my cup of tea. I had, you know, he but he also prepared <laughs> I know. I have to be honest with you. I'm being honest. Uh, but he 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 went all out. He there was a lot of like uh, the waffles and chicken. You oh know, yeah, that, I'm not big on waffles and chicken. That's well, huge down there. Everybody, that's huge down there. Down oh, south. I know. Oh, no. So that was cool. Um, the food was great. Everything was great, man. I'm, I mean, I am not kidding you. But you, I was thinking I should have taken a picture, man. I'm regretting I didn't take a picture of it. Shrimp and grits and waffles. Yeah, uh, cinnamon buns from the south. I don't know oh, how, yeah. how much you're into that, but they're oh, big yeah. down there. Yes. Um, and then we went to a couple really cool spots uh, in in downtown Columbia to eat uh, on on Friday night. Okay. And then on on yesterday afternoon, it was cool because we sat out on a deck and they had the NFL games on. So I was watching the Bills smoke the Commanders. Uh, the Packers, your Packers were on at that point. They were getting killed before I had to leave to go to the airport. Well, not killed, but they were losing. Mm-hmm. And then they came back. And then the airport, the Cowboys Cardinals were on. So got a chance to kind of hang in there with everything that was going on okay. uh, over the weekend. So it was cool. It was really right, cool. So, so did you get some more Southern barbecue? You know what? Oh, and I'm I'm so kicking myself, man. I didn't – I meant to stop at the place and get you that that rub. And, and I rode past it, but we were in tons of traffic. I'm like, don't, for, don't let me forget to swing back here. And then Sunday – early they weren't open so i couldn't get it sunday I was, this was saturday or friday night we rode past it i couldn't go back sunday and get it for you uh which i was kicking myself i should have just figured out a way to get over there saturday right. anyway, i appreciate it don't yeah i didn't get a chance to get it but next time i'm down there that's a lock i i will take care of you. you're gonna love this trust me it's gonna be you're gonna love it but okay. it was great man it was a great weekend and i got like i said i got a chance to keep up with everything uh that was going on sports wise and man what what an unbelievable weekend we had we had a, a team drop 70. We had crazy comebacks. We had upsets. We had the Cowboys oh, losing. Uh, Taylor Swift sighting with Travis oh, Kelsey. Oh, yeah. It was mayhem, man. Yeah, it, it, hold, on, hold on. We got plenty of time for football. I'm not done yet investigating. <laughs> All right. So did you just barely taste the shrimp, shrimp and grits, or did you eat a full bowl just to be courteous? I know. So the as to not be rude – I had a spoonful and I, and I, and I'm being, I'll be honest with you. I was like, yeah, I like it. It, it wasn't for me. The texture wasn't quite for me. Uh, 
but my daughter loved it. Maddie uh, loved it. My, Maggie ate some too, uh, and she liked it too. She, they're not picky like me, so they're they were good. And like we we crushed it, man. We 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 ate we ate real good. I like I went to the tailgate not even that hungry when we went. Wow, so it was it was good. It was so, good. So, man. so you you stayed in an Airbnb. Yeah. How did you? Was it uncomfortable to stay in a place with a bunch of other people you don't know? It was a little weird, it, but but I will tell you, they were the nicest, most hospitable. You know, every all the good cliches about people in the South, like just looking out for you and trying to be, you know, how you doing? What do you need? Hi, y'all. You know, all that. They were great. They were great. It was see, a little people, see people from Boston to D.C. need to spend extended time in the South. There's nothing like Southern hospitality. And I would say Midwestern hospitality is second. See, that would have been uncomfortable for me staying with a bunch of people you don't know. And stuff, you know, um, I mean, you 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 be a trooper and you do what you got to do. But yeah, like, like, eh, I it, it, yeah. I mean, no, I, they were awesome. I'm I'm telling you, man. Like it wasn't it wasn't uncomfortable because the people were so nice. Okay, the people right. were right, so cool. nice. Yeah. All right. I just want to get that in there, right. but again, yeah, it was great, man. How was your weekend? You you tried you tried a spoonful, but you I'm like. Okay. Yeah, I, I should have expected this. You know but, me. I'm a weirdo. I even told them like they knew I'm a weirdo. So they, I, I got it out there in the open right away. Okay. So but I, I, weekend? I, I, my weekend, let's see. So I plan to watch football all weekend, right? Yeah. So Saturday, I'm I'm trying to get stuff done early. Um, you know, I shampoo the family room carpet, I, I get the couch clean, and you know, I, I do some detailing on the, the sectional couch in there. And then my wife springs. I mean, we're like an hour away before kickoff between Colorado and, and Oregon. Uh-oh. Hey, I need you to go with me to run some errands so we can take some things to church because they have a big women's event on Sunday. I just sat there blank with this blank look on my face. And I said, okay. <laughs> so for the next four and a half hours, um, I'm on the road at Costco. It took that long? Well, by the time you go to Costco, oh. you get to where you have a 30 minute, 25, 30 minute drive up to the church. You got to unload it. She's got to, then she's got to prep the stuff, these, the salads and stuff for Sunday. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse Bless me. So, so when I get, I'm watching the game on my phone. And you know what? Come to think of it in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't watch that game because I'd have been bored out of my mind. I was watching it on my phone. Yeah, they got, they um, was non competitive. So then Saturday night, you know, I'm like, I get to watch the Saturday night game. That was a great finish between Ohio State and, and uh, Notre Dame. Yep. I get to see that one. Yep. So then I'm thinking, okay, at least I have my Sunday. And my wife and daughter tell me, my other daughter, oh, uh, Anna, my oldest daughter, and Josh are coming over Sunday because they haven't been over all week. And then uh, a girl that uh, grew up with my girls, you know, we used to work the summer camps together, and we got to know a bunch of guys, you know, people – there became like family. So my, their daughter grew up with my kids. Well, her and her husband now live about 30 minutes north of us in like Avalon. Uh, you know where Avalon, PA is? No. Okay, Avalon, let me see, where can, where can I get equated to? Um, is you that know near where, like Oxford, Tennessee? Yeah, some, yeah there you go. Um, I drive through those places when I'm going to Lancaster. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's so, not too far from you though, right? I about mean, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah right. So then she decides, her and her husband, that they're coming down with their two kids that are two and a half and, and one. And then Trish, my wife, brings home um, some friend of ours. Um, the grandparents are raising these kids. So she brings home these other three we've known since birth. They're, the twins are nine years or 10 years old, and the oldest one is 17. 
Yep. So I go from planning a quiet, I'm just going to grill out a few burgers. I've got nine adults, six kids in my house. Oh, boy. And I'm trying to watch the Packers. Luckily, they didn't come over until after the Packers game. But after that, I'm trying to watch the Dallas game and grill out for everybody. It's total chaos in my family room the whole time. <laughs> three dogs barking, six kids, nine adults, food slinging everywhere. Kitchen looked like Vietnam, you know. And I'm thinking, it just wasn't meant to be. It it just wasn't meant to be for me to have just a quiet weekend. So. I get it. I get it. Well, you know what? Make going to make it all the more fun tonight, my friend, because we have a game. Ooh. And we are now seven hours away from kickoff. Actually, we're six hours and 57 minutes from kickoff right now. That's what I'm talking about. And thanks yes. God they got the first game and not the second game. I'm with Jeez. you. I'm, I am, you know what, Gunner? We got the first game tonight. We have a one o'clock next week, my friend. Yes. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm you talking have, about. You only have three and one o'clock games I on the schedule. Enjoy. So save them. Savor it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. So Eagles are minus five, over unders 45. Now, I, I again, I don't bring that up for gambling purposes. It's just giving right. an idea of what Vegas thinks in terms of this game. So let's look at it. So I, I'm going to start from the Tampa standpoint. You know, They've played better than I anticipated they were going to yes. play to start. I give them credit. And and Baker Mayfield's played very good football. Yes. He's only been sacked one time, Gunner, and he hasn't turned the ball over. That right. We know that's the key with this guy. Um, so he's played well. The defense that we thought was going to be pretty good yes. has been pretty good, you know, so far. They've done a nice job. The, the one thing I will say is they are one dimensional. I, I don't, they're not a good running attack, and the Eagles are a good run defense, at least through two games. So you should be able to get them into predictable situations. I, I think this is where the game could sway towards the Eagles early. Just to give you kind of my, my overview real quick. I think if you make them one-dimensional, Sweat's playing real well. We know what Jordan Davis and, and Jalen Carter have been doing in the middle, and Fletcher for that matter. That's to me where the game can be won here. You get to him, you hit him, you force mistakes, strip sack, whatever. That could be the difference tonight for me, defensive line. Well, um, that could go both ways because uh, as this is going to be a war of attrition because as good as the Eagles have been against the run, they're giving up, what, 52 yards a game rushing? Yes. Yep. Well, guess who's number two in terms of rush defense? Tampa Bay. They're giving up 53 yards a game yep. rushing. Okay. So this is going to be a trench warfare type game. Yes, the Eagles, if you're going to make a team one-dimensional – I would say the, the Eagles have a much better chance of success being one-dimensional than Tampa does with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. But this is this is a game where both defenses are going to force the offenses to adjust on the fly. And then, of course, the Eagles' advantage is having that extended time off to look at what is wrong with the offense. Why is the offense stuck in, in, in second gear? I mean, in first gear instead of second gear. Yep. Um, they've got a chance to get some bodies healthy. Whereas, um, you know, Tampa had one extra day. Eagles had like four extra days. Yeah, 11, 11 total. Yep. Yeah. So that's huge. So it, it, it comes down to who has the better personnel. We all know who that is. But because it has been so pedestrian-like, this calls for concern. And you're playing against one of the best defensive minds in the game you know, in Todd Bowles. So yep. there's a lot to be concerned about going into this game. You know, I, I still say, and I've said it all week, 
I picked the Eagles to win this game. But after what happened across the NFL yesterday, I look at yesterday in the NFL as embarrassment Sunday across the league. <laughs> I mean, from Denver oh. to the Saints giving up a 17-point fourth quarter lead to Chicago continuously embarrassing itself. Yep. To Josh McDaniels making stupid calls in that game last night. The field goal. Um, and he's going to stand by that. Okay, keep standing by that. You're going to be out of a job. Um, Houston going into Jacksonville? I mean, and I'll so- tell you what, Derek. That one, one guy, and I like Anthony Richardson a lot, uh, So, and he's hurt. There's no, This is no knock on him. But what you've seen from Stroud of the three guys who, who were the top three QBs, yes, Stroud looks the most pro-ready to me. He looks – he's just – it's not too fast for him. He, I, like, I like what's going on there with Houston, man. I, I like him and Will Anderson a lot. Well, which is huge because um, the knock on quarterbacks coming out of Ohio State has always been they don't transition into great NFL quarterbacks. And obviously, yeah. this is just a three-game sample with this kid. Yeah. But this kid is light years right now ahead of Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Richardson has played well because of his athleticism to yeah. go with his strong arm. But in terms of just being an overall quarterback in three games, I mean, Stroud has not turned the ball over in three games for a rookie. That's phenomenal. Big thing. You know, and he went in there and, and they put up 37 points, I believe it was, on Jacksonville, in Jacksonville. I, that's eye-opening right there. No, I agree. I agree. So that there's that. But I listen, back to your Eagles point. I, yeah. I think the, the big thing is this is what we're going to find out, too, a little bit about uh, the adjustments, the ability to make adjustments. Uh, for Brian Johnson and Nick having this amount of time, because let's face it, I mean they they did what they had to do, and and the ability to run the ball is is huge. You're yes. right. We're going to see if they can run it against Tampa, but we're, we're going to need them to see them throw better. Um, yeah, I'd be curious because injury wise, just to update people, uh, there won't be Quez Watkins and there won't be Boston Scott. By the way, we're going to have Dave Zingaro coming up in a couple minutes, but. Um, I wonder, did they get Zacchaeus a little bit more involved? Do we do we see a little bit of him in this game? I mean, he's been I, I get it. Even AJ Brown's not getting a ton of touches, but you know, maybe we maybe we see him a little bit here. Oh, oh, wait. You mean he's still on the team? I've heard <laughs> from him in two games. It's it is weird. I would like I and I don't know if he's accomplished at this. I want to see can he help them in a return game in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I don't know if he's uh, well-versed in, in that area of his yeah. overall repertoire. Um, but I would imagine you've got to get him involved because the Tampa Bay secondary is going to try play physical ball against the Eagles wide receivers. And Dallas Goddard is the natural third option, but you gotta, I got to – I want to see this kid Zacchaeus play. I want to know, can he play? Why did they get him? Why did they bring him in here? Why is he on the 53? I want to see what he can do. We haven't seen that yet. Yeah. You know, if there's ever a time when he might be a viable option, it would be this game tonight. Right. Now, um, hopefully, I don't know. We, we don't know how, obviously, it's going to unfold. But he has ability. There's no question about that. You look at his numbers from Atlanta. He has ability, but he just hasn't been able to put it on showcase here, which is and it's also strange because, Rob, when you take into consideration how the offense has not been as crisp, you got to try many things, different yeah, things. Know. And he has not been one of the options they've tried yet. Yeah, I just – I really want to see – like, I, we're going to talk to Dave Zingaro about this, but I know the big sort of buzzwords were unscouted looks, right? In other words, 
They're seeing right. things that they didn't see last year. And that's fine. That's that's all well and good. You know, you realize the teams are going to try to counter what you're doing. Yep. What do you have now? What's your what is your counter punch to what they're bringing to the table? That's the biggest thing for me that I need to see here from them uh, starting tonight for sure. And that, you know, as we move forward here, you know, I know they get Washington, who's not great next week, but you're going to start getting some teams where you're going to have to score points. Um, you can't just be one dimensional and, and not look, they've connected a couple times. We know Devontae Smith's gotten his a few times, but we also know the way it looked last year in the passing game. It hasn't looked like that this year. So it, it, I know Tampa's good. I respect that. I'm not overlooking it, but I need to see a good offense tonight, a complete offense. Yeah, and, and I will go so far as in terms of looking into the future. I think if there's one thing these first few weeks have told us is what happened today or yesterday, don't, don't, throwing it out the window because yeah. there's so many variations. Like, like you just said, and I'm thinking the same thing. Washington looked like crap against Buffalo yesterday. Terrible. But this is a divisional game coming up. And that scenario, if you go, if you're a betting man and you go in with the mindset, I don't care what the Eagles are favored by, that it's a slam dunk, the Eagles are going to win that game. No, because look at what happened last year. Exactly. First they loss of the year. There you go. Yeah. They came into Philadelphia, had four turnovers, and beat the Eagles in their own backyard. So yep. I don't take anything from Granite week to week in this yeah, league. I, I, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's get Dave's going to join us from Tampa. We'll T.O., baby, T.O. We get a T.O., we get a full. All right, so we'll get a T.O. here. We'll talk to Dave when we come back. We'll dig a little bit more into this matchup with the Bucks. As I said, we're going to get into everything. We'll we'll take a look at the NFC East, what went down yesterday with them. Cowboys lost, uh, Commanders mm-hmm. lost, Giants lost Thursday night, so not, not a good week for the NFC East thus far. But we'll get into that, everything. I mean, the, the Dolphins' offense looks just un-freaking oh. believable. Oh. Oh, so we'll get into that. And you know what? Sean Payton, a lot of yapping, brother. And, yeah, and you, I know. You, you're getting it handed to you so far. You know what? You know what? Um, you got to be careful when you put your foot in your mouth in a lot of ways. Um, and all of that in one game. Well, no, now in three games, it's all come back to bite him in his butt. And that was the most embarrassing exhibition because I'm looking at the highlights of, on the NFL network. You know, they show you every game. Yeah. I'm telling you, Rob, uh, they quit. They, yeah, they laid down. That, and that is an indictment of him and his coaching staff. Yeah. For as much as he wants to throw rocks at, yep. at Nathaniel Hackett, they've looked worse under him than they did under Hackett. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Right. We'll get into all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. I'm going to tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Perfect time to get something to eat, man. Hit, just hit the spot. You're hungry right now. I've been going to Bravo Pizza since uh, of Havertown since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. I'm in there each and every week with Alex and the crew. Just an unbelievable uh, array of food in there. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have the upside down, which I love, but they also have the you name it, they'll make it specialized pizza your way. They also have slices. You're not up for a full pie. You grab a couple uh, and, and you head on the road for sure. But they also have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches. They have wraps, wings, salads, really anything that you you uh, you are into. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. Of course, they had the uh, the fundraiser for Team Ranger, uh, Team Foster, excuse me, which raised money uh, to get um, dogs, you know, these service dogs to our military folks, which are, are, are the, you know, such great support for them. And it was really an amazing, amazing event. That's for sure. But whether it's whether it's that one, whether it's Little Leagues, whether it's school uh, fundraisers, they're always there to help out the community. 
You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials, promotions, the menu as well. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in Manoa Shopping Center. That's Havertown, Pennsylvania, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are 
back. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this uh, lovely, lovely Monday as we get you set for the Eagles and the Buccaneers. And man, uh, uh, just a, a, a lot going on with the Eagles. So, uh, Tone, you'll, you'll have to let me know uh, when Dave is ready to go because I can't see him in the setup. But there's there Dave. Boom. Asking you shall receive. There he is. Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Dave, what's up, my friend? How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Good to see How's you. How's the weather in Tampa, buddy? Hot. Yeah, it's uh, it's a warm one. Um, is that going to be a thing tonight? Is that something to keep your eye on? Uh, it'll drop a little bit, I think. But yeah, it's going to be warmer than you know a typical late September game in Philly. So it's something to watch, like if guys start cramping up or that sort of thing. Okay. Hey, did you get to go to Burn Steakhouse? Didn't go there. I went to Frenchie's uh, last night. Got a grouper sandwich. Oh, that, that place is great. Oh, Good my move, Dave. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's a yeah, that's must do uh, when I'm down here. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong there. That's for sure. Dave, I, you had a great Eagles notebook uh, today at NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. I, I love some of the stuff. And I want to start with this one, okay? We've heard a ton of unscouted looks. That's been a, a big sort of buzz phrase, if you will, um, with, 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 thus far. Um so how much are you buying into that that, hey, look, they're going to get things they didn't get last year and they have to be able to figure this part of it out? Like, And how much of it is they just need to execute better, quite frankly? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. And it's always tough to like say, all right, this percentage is you tip your cap and this percentage is they need to be better. They clearly need to be better, right, as a passing offense. They haven't been in rhythm. Um, but you, you won against Bill Belichick in week one. He's pretty good. He's done this for a long time. Uh, Brian Flores last week, like, just threw everything at them and was willing to get run all over in order to, to not let them beat him through the air. So uh, it was a really – it was just a strange game plan from Flores last week, and it, it kind of worked, but they didn't win the game, so it didn't. Uh, I don't know how they view that one. Uh, it, they're going to keep getting this. Like, teams are going to keep trying to do things – to try to confuse them, but like there's only so much you can do. Like th there's only so many combinations of this stuff. And the more they see it, the quicker the response time becomes. Like if, if you see a team is doing something against you, like, all right, they did, this is what happened in week three. This is our, our fix for that. And then it's, it's the chess game back and forth a little bit. It's funny because like Brian Johnson among fans right now, fans think he's not doing a good job. Um, the Eagles think he is, and and they look at his adjustments in game. They look at uh, week one. Um, they started like feeding the ball to AJ Brown a lot. That was how they got their offense going. And then in in week two, it was obviously the run game. Uh, he ran the same, basically the same play like fifteen times. Uh, and the Eagles were impressed by that. His ability to stick with that and and it worked. It got them the win. I think we all realize the passing offense needs to be better. Like. No one's saying it's everything is fine because it's not. They, they need right. to be better. Jalen Hurts needs to be better. But uh, there's some wacky stuff that happens in the first two weeks of the season. And if you come out with two wins, like you, you feel pretty good about it. Hey, Dave, when I'm looking at your um, your matchup notes for tonight on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com, the first one that jumps out at me is your very first one, Jalen Hurts versus Todd Bowles. And I'm thinking the same thing, especially in hindsight of – over the weekend, that video goes viral of Kevin Ross back in January of 2022. He can't read. He can't read. And then Jalen's asked about it at his press conference last week. 
And Jalen is as surreal as anybody's going to be, especially for that age. And he ends his statement by saying, sometimes motivation is good. Do you think he's holding that personal chip on his shoulder going in this game tonight? Yeah. I mean, the guy's idol is Michael Jordan, who took everything in his life as a slight. Yeah. I don't know if Jalen takes it to that extent, but yeah, he'll use whatever he can. Uh, even if it's not there sometimes, yeah. uh, that's what the great ones do, uh, you know? So I think there's part of him that wants to come down here and prove he's not the same guy. He's clearly not the same guy he was then. Right. Uh, he has a an MVP runner-up season in between that. But um, that was the game where, you know, we watched that and went, ooh, I don't know if this is the guy. And yeah. I don't think that was an overreaction at the time. Like, he, that was a bad game. It And it was a, the biggest stage of his career in the NFL at that point. And he didn't perform well. The offense didn't look good. And it was fair at that point to wonder what his future was going to hold. So um, he's he's grown immensely since then. But this is still a tough defense. And Todd Bowles has been doing this for a long time. And uh, we kind of know what to expect from him. They're going to heat him up a little bit or they're going to try to heat him up as much as they can. And yeah. they have a really good defense. You know, for all the talk about these two teams are so different from that 21 matchup, I mean – that Tampa Bay defense has a lot of the same guys and they still run the same team. Like it's not that different. Uh, and it's still a good challenge. Mm. Dave, who returns kicks tonight? No, uh, we know no Boston Scott. We know he's out. We also know, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the big news with he and, and Quez are out, but who returns mm-hmm. kicks do you think? Uh, they have a few options. Um, Rashad Penny has done it. Uh, he's on the roster, obviously. Yep. Um, we could see a, a game day elevation do it. Um, but right, like if you're looking at the guys on the roster, Penny can do it. It's, it's you know, it's barely even a play anymore. Yeah, I know. You, you could all you could fair catch and have anybody back there, honestly. Yeah, pretty much. And with this offense, like that's what I would do. Yep. This is supposed to be a really good offense. Why would you limit them by not returning it to the 25 or by returning it and getting a penalty that backs you up to like the 10 yard line? I, right. I just don't know if the risk is worth the reward anymore with that play. Yeah. Makes hey, sense. Dave, when we look at Zacchaeus, um, Basically, he hasn't been heard from much in the first two games. Number one, why do you think that is, considering how pedestrian the offense has been, and especially based on what you just said, Brian Johnson making the necessary adjustments along the way? Why do you think he hasn't been more of a factor um, in the overall offense? Yeah, if you, I mean, he hasn't been targeted yet. Um, it, it's, yeah, but like even Quez, who is ahead of him, has been targeted twice. Yeah. So it's not – there's the, the passing offense hasn't been cooking. Uh, so it's like if you don't have A.J. Brown going, you're probably not getting Alameda Zacchaeus going. And that's not a slight on him. It's just yeah. there's a pecking order of this offense. And if you're not getting Dallas Goddard going, you're not trying to get balls to Alameda either. So yeah. um, that's part of it. He's And he's behind Quez in, in the depth chart. So uh, tonight he will be the slot receiver. We'll see. And, and also they were such heavy 12 personnel – um, in that game against the Vikings because they realized they could run the football um, that, you know, they weren't even in 11 that much. So, like, Quez wasn't out there as much as he normally is. So, um, I think there's a chance for him to play a little bit tonight. He's a different type of receiver, obviously, than Quez, who has the the game-breaking speed. OZ does have speed. It's not like he's a right, like, right. some shifty little, you know, seven-yard-to-catch guy. He can catch the ball downfield, but he does bring – a little more change of direction in the middle of the field. And I'm curious to see how he fits in. 
Dave, let me ask you, um, there's multiple Jordan Schultz among them, but other other people reporting that Bradbury's going to play uh, in the slot tonight and, and essentially follow around Chris Godwin. Um, a, do you think that's the right move for them? And B, what other defensive adjustments would you like to see them make? Uh, you know, not that they've been getting torched, but we, you know, you kind of expected some of it with the injuries that you had against Minnesota. What, what do you expect defensively? First, let's start with the Bradbury thing. Yeah, I think it's very matchup driven, like when they use him in there. And I don't know if that's going to be just what they do going forward, because I think I don't want to say you waste Bradbury inside, but you didn't pay him 38 mil over three years to, to be a slot corner. That's right. Uh, you, you paid him to play outside. But in this matchup, uh, they have two receivers, really, with Godwin and, and Evans that can play inside. And there's no reason why the Bucks wouldn't play them inside in this game, particularly with Avante Maddox out. So I think that does make sense sense from a matchup perspective this week, but they have some other options. Um, I think in other games, Goodrich will be in there. Yep. Uh, that's why you have him on the roster, right? He's, he's the backup nickel for a reason, but they also have, you know, they can run big nickel and, and put a safety out there, whether it's Justin Evans or my personal pick here would be Sidney Brown. This is mm-hmm. a way to get the rookie on the field in some, in some spots that I, I think would make sense for him he wouldn't have to just be a starting safety but it's a way to find the field for him because i'm trying to find ways to get this kid on the field if i'm the eagles you you think he's the future and you're playing kind of journeyman backup types and i don't really understand it uh i I, if i were the eagles i would play sydney brown and let him take his lumps and get better but uh this would be a way if you play him in in the slot here and there i think it will be a mixture throughout the rest of the season and they'll see how it goes. Uh, the nice thing about the Avante injury, and there, there aren't many nice things, it's a big loss, but it does come so early that uh, you can see what you have and there's still plenty of time for the trade deadline. So uh, you see how this works. You try out a few different options and if it's not there, then you can make a move. Hey, hey Dave, I think I know the, your, your answer, um, but Blankenship is back, but who should be the starting safety opposite him? Who should be or who will be? Both. Okay. I think it will be Justin Evans. Okay. Um, he's just been ahead since the middle of training camp, which was always kind of strange. This was not their plan. I know they said they were just running the plan, and in day 13 they were going to get Justin Evans some first-team reps, which is not how any team has ever done this in the history of the NFL. Like That's just not yeah. how you do it. Um, so I, I think it will be Justin Evans. I would maybe do a little bit of a rotation, and we've seen that at times, getting Edmonds out there, who I think has played okay. Uh, but like I said, I, I would find ways to get Sidney Brown on the field. And uh, even if that's as a third safety when you run the big nickel, even if that's um, rotating in at times in certain packages, I think he's too talented to keep off the field. And if he's the future, what are you waiting for? I, I can't imagine that these other guys are that much better than him. I think they probably trust them more because they're veterans. They've done it. And I get all that, but maybe I'm just selfishly wanting to see him play. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think we all want to see him play. Um, I, I want to stick with the defense for a minute because they're facing a Baker Mayfield who's playing good football. It's two games, small sampling, get it. But he's not turning it over. He's only been sacked one. I don't love their offensive line, but so far they've held up pretty well, Dave. Uh, we know this Eagles defensive line has, has played well. Uh, the interior's played well. Sweat's playing well. You know, et cetera. Um, I think this is where the Eagles really could win this game here. But what 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 is your sense of the Eagles D line versus Tampa's O line? Yeah, I think they can win this game, but they're going to have to be patient because 
uh, the ball's going to be coming out of his hand pretty quickly. It's not like this O-line has just been lights out. It, it, it's all working in unison. But I give him credit, man. He's He's been so efficient this year. He's like 87% on yep. third downs. He's doing everything he needs to do. I've been impressed. And it's not like he was an awful quarterback before in his career. He's had spurts like this. He's just never been able to do it consistently. Uh, so I, I think at a certain point, it's going to drop off this level of play. But, yeah, give him credit for now. Uh, the Eagles D-line, I think, has a chance to do some damage in this game. Really curious about that Josh Sweat, Tristan Wirfs matchup. Yeah. Uh, because it's going to be one-on-one, and Wirfs is one of the best in the business. But yeah. Josh Sweat might be, too. I mean, he's really good. He was their best pass rusher all training camp, and he's carried it over. So uh, looking forward to that matchup. I think Hassan Reddick on the other side against Luke Gotticke has a chance to get home. Uh, Reddick's been dealing with that thumb injury, but he also got off to a slow start last year. Went sackless in his first two games healthy last year. So he did it again this year, but uh, he still had 16 in 2022 so i think he's gonna get cooking soon uh, and then the interior uh, it's really impressive what they've been able to do after losing javon hargrave who's one of the best pass rushing defensive tackles in the league i mean fletcher cox looks like he's 26 years old again uh jordan davis is a different player jalen carter's everything is advertised and milton williams doesn't get any love but he's just the most consistent dude in the world and he gives them great snaps that's really been the strength of the team so far Dave, when you look at week three across the board in the NFL, and I referred to it earlier today to Rob as embarrassing week three because there has been a riches of embarrassments. I mean, from Houston and Jacksonville to Denver giving up 70 points, the Saints blowing a 17th fourth quarter lead. What are the, some of the unknown commodities as we sit here right now and you think about it that we should be looking for in this game tonight? Yeah, it's funny. This week three, man, like the Cowboys losing to the oh, Cardinals. What What in the world is going on here? Oh, my goodness. I missed the uh, – it was funny. I got the Frenchies yesterday in the afternoon in time to see the end of that Dolphins game. And I, I walk up, and I didn't have my glasses on. And I'm like, I must not be reading that right. <laughs> it, <laughs> 70. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, so tonight, I, I get, it's tough to say because we're talking about – things that we can't see ahead. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think there's a chance. That, here's what I do know. There, I don't think there's going to be much running the football from Tampa. Right. You know, they yeah. – They, they ran it a little last week, none the week before. Yeah, they really don't have much of a run game. So uh, that's where the Eagles want you to be anyway. They want you to be one-dimensional. So the Bucks haven't turned the football over yet. The Eagles have six takeaways. Something's got to give there, yeah. and if I had to pick, I, I think there's a better chance the Bucks finally cough one up mm. uh, because the Eagles just have the ability to put put more pressure on you than uh, the Bears or, or the Vikings did when when the Bucks faced them. So that's the one thing. You know, if you're looking at the Bucks have been so efficient offensively, I think there's a chance the Eagles can get to them and change that. Dave, two things um, on Braden Man taking over as a punt as the punter. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to be curious how he looks from a punting standpoint. Is he a is he a boomer or is he a coffin corner type? And the other thing is, one thing Sipos did very very well was hold for Jake Elliott, which is not a a little thing here. Um, is that something you're going to be curious to see how that looks as well? Yeah, as far as uh, him as a punter, I think he's like a modest upgrade over Sipos. But mm -hmm. you'd take any upgrade. Sipos was one of the worst punters in the league statistically through two weeks. 
Uh, mm. There's a reason they made the switch, right? Um, Mann's interesting because he was a really highly touted prospect coming out of AM and he kind of hasn't lived up to that. He's been he okay. He's a Ray Guy Award winner. Yeah, yeah. he was really good. He, he was a draft pick. He was yeah. a six round pick. Like, you don't see a ton of punters get drafted. So I don't think he's lived up to that, but uh, I think he is better than Sipos. And then, you know, the holder stuff, it is an important job, uh, but I think they'll be okay. Like, the, Elliot was fine in the preseason when Ty Zetner was holding for him, right. and I know the team was very impressed by uh, Jake's ability to, to uh, kick with either guy holding for him. I did talk to Braden Mann about that, and he said that it's something he does take very seriously. He's actually held for Jake Elliott before in the okay. offseason, like, all these kickers and punters just know each other. Uh, so he has held from before and they had this many bye weeks. So uh, I'm not too concerned about that. Dave, I want to go back to something you said a few moments ago. And I thought it was interesting. You said that uh, people on the outside looking in are not happy with the way Brian Johnson has been calling the games. You said from the, on the inside out, the Eagles are happy with him from your observations as one who's there at practices covers all the games. How would you grade the way, from your perspective, what you've seen of Brian Johnson? Yeah, I think he's been okay. Um, I don't think he's been great. I think he's, you know, there are certain things that the offense is looking wonky and it's, it's tough to assign blame for because sometimes you tip your cap. Sometimes the quarterback isn't playing well. And sometimes it is on the play caller. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes, you know, when the the offense looks at a rhythm, that's when I want to say, maybe that's the play caller a little bit because it's your job to get these guys in a rhythm. It's your job to try to get passes to go to, to spread around a little bit, but ultimately like the quarterback is the guy on the field making it happen. So it's tough to, to divvy up the pie. I think he's done okay. And the reason the Eagles like him so much is because he's shown the ability to adjust exactly. on the fly. Um, in, in week one, I thought it took a little too long, honestly. Um, in week two, I do give him credit for that more. I mean, that's a tough thing to do as a play caller to just keep running the football because there's this tendency to, to break off of it and to try to set up the pass with the run at that point, because like, all right, we've run this inside zone play like seven times. Mm-hmm. Maybe now I can get them. Uh, mm-hmm. And he just held off and he did what worked. And I don't think that can be the recipe every week. I, I think that this offense is not built around that alone. Like obviously they can oh. run the football. They have a great offensive line, but uh, you also have, a quarterback he just paid 255 million dollars mm-hmm. two number one receivers and a top five tight end so uh that's not how you you draw it up before the season you have to start mm-hmm. passing the football at some point but for a one game thing uh, i was fine with it it got them a tough win dave let me ask you the same question gunner asked you but i'll, I'll jump over to, to sean desai um from what you've seen how different has it looked from jonathan gannon uh what have you liked that he's incorporated? I, I know this is, it's only two games. I get it. But, like, from what you've seen thus far, is there is there a big difference in your estimation? Uh, what has kind of caught your eye a little bit? I have liked what he's done, and it's kind of what I expected coming into this season. I don't think the numbers by the end of the year are going to look as good as Gannon's defense did yep. uh, in, in 2022, but I don't think he has the same talent uh, across the board that Gannon had, especially uh, in the back end that they had – some decent safety play last year they had um that they obviously they had cj Gardner johnson which helped out quite a bit the linebackers were better last year so i think there's a little bit of a learning curve but i I think the is going to get more out of these guys um i've been impressed by his creativity we've seen some some interesting looks that i I like quite a bit and i think we're going to continue to see those um on the back end and up front i mean 
Um, they've been moving their pieces around on that line. They've been keeping teams guessing a little bit. Uh, and then on the back end, like we have seen some free safeties. Just the the thought of putting Bradbury in the nickel is something that like I wouldn't have thought of that honestly. I, I really thought of him as a he's kind of a longer. I thought longer, he followed Chris, Chris uh, Mike Evans around tonight. Dave. Like from a body size perspective, that probably yeah. makes more sense. So we'll see how that goes. Right. Uh, Slay is obviously the faster of the two, but uh, he does kind of think outside the box a little bit, and I, I've liked what I've seen so far. You know, based on the one-game performance, do you think that um, DeAndre Swift is basically um, bogarted all the other running backs in terms of significant touches in the backfield? I think he's he should be the top guy, but I don't think it's going to be this wide disparity. Yeah. Uh, and part of it is because he, that, that was an outlier in his career. No one's going to get the ball carried 28 times a game no. anymore, but – uh, like he, he's done that one other time in his career and it was a, a full length overtime game. So uh, I don't think he can do that week to week. And I still think uh, if nothing else, Kenny Gainwell is going to have four minute and two minute drives uh, because they trust him in those situations. He's better in pass protection, which is a big part of being on the field in those moments. And he's a really smart player. They trust him to either you know get out of bounds or get back to like they trust him to do all that stuff. Uh, so I think it's still going to be a mixture but, I mean, based on what we saw last week, how do you keep DeAndre Swift off the field if he's running like that? Yep, yep. Uh, he needs his touches. He, and he can't get two like he got in week one anymore. Dave, what do you think, man? What, what, are, you, what are you looking at prediction-wise here in this one? Yeah, I picked the Eagles. Uh, I think I went 28-23. Okay. Uh, don't hold me to that. It's written down somewhere. I think I went 28-23. I think it's, it, it has the potential to be a close game. I think the Eagles are the better team, and that's why I picked them. Uh, yep. Sometimes I try not to overthink this. But um, we'll see. It, it's not an easy matchup. It really isn't. All right, Dave. Listen, right, buddy. Dave. Yeah. Go ahead, Derek. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, Dave, we appreciate it, man. And, and we'll check out all your work, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Keep up the good work. Enjoy. We've got some rainy weather here, brother. So enjoy it there where you're at. I will. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, 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 did you, what do you think about that, Gunner? I, I would have. I'm just saying right now, this is so this is obviously not a second guess. I would prefer Bradbury on Evans. It, it, again, if they're making this move to the slot, like is some people are uh, reporting. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you got to match body length against body length. And let's face it, no matter who you put on him, he is a nightmare to cover. He is not the fastest guy out there. Mm. But he can leap, very athletic, very acrobatic. I'm not saying he's slow because I've seen him time and time again run away from coverage, but he's not like the just lights out quickest guy out there. But in terms of just trying to match up with him and him generating so many pass interference calls because he frustrates DB so much, I think your best option is to put Bradbury on him. And that's why I think it's a, it's a mistake if you put Bradbury in a slot. Even if you don't put Bradbury um, on him directly, I would still have Bradbury on the outside, not on the inside, and put Job on the outside. Because whoever whoever at Tampa Bay counters with on the outside, they're going to test Job. You oh, yeah. know? And his hand's going to be swimming. He's under the bright lights of Monday night. Um, he's got to be thinking about some of the things he, he did not do the last game, and that stuff comes back into play. And you become too cautious, you think too much, and that's where you get in trouble. And, and I think for, you know, when you put a guy who has – uh, is a little bit a little bit more inexperienced in the slot. 
you have enough traffic in the middle that can help you sometimes. But when you're on an island by yourself, in most cases, one-on-one, that's when you can get exposed. Yeah. And if Campbell starts to have a measure of success on his side, Joe on the outside, they're going to keep going to it. Why wouldn't they? hundred percent. Just like the Eagles did with the running game last week. Exactly. You keep pounding it till they stop you. You keep going, man. I mean, there's no question, no question about it. That's, that's what offenses do in the national football league. You, if you have a weakness, we will find it and yeah. we will continue to attack and enforce you to adjust. And when you adjust, we will counter your adjustment with something else. Absolutely. That's, that's I, one of the scary th- scariest things about a matchup like this. Tampa yeah. Bay is not a juggernaut when it comes to offensive prowess or talent. But they do have enough talent on that offense to do some damage. No, I agree. I agree. Look, to me, um, I give Tampa tons of credit for winning at Minnesota to start the year, um, because at that point we didn't we we didn't know quite what Minnesota was. Now Minnesota's right. going three. Right. Um, I I don't I can't get real worked up about anything that happens against the Bears. The Bears right. are an embarrassment. Right. Uh, okay, so to me, it's kind of like, I mean, let's face it, their two wins come against two zero and six teams. Right. So are we are we getting crazy over that? Probably not, uh, you know, thus far. But but nonetheless, I mean, to me, the Eagles path has been harder when you go to New England and beat Belichick. That's a hard thing. Right. The Vikings, again, I'm not going to go crazy over it, but it was four days later and you were pretty banged up. So I think the road has been harder. I don't think either has played any killers yet. Let's put it to you that way. Yeah. Um, So we'll get more into the uh, into the Eagles uh, Bucks matchup when we come back. Let's look at the NFC East and um, poor Cowboys. They lost yesterday. I feel so bad. Stop gloating. Stop it. And and by the way, the Gan Wagon is back. Yes. What? The Gan Wagon. I I, I saw it. I looked out the window and I and I saw it kind of cruising by. It was picking up some steam as it it was going uphill, but it was picking up some steam. So (laughs) we'll do that. We'll take a look. The commanders got their doors. If it it wasn't for uh, what Miami did to Denver, we'd be looking at that commander's game because I'll give you some stats from that one that are going to blow your mind. And, of course, Thursday night the Giants lost was not a great week uh, for the NFC East. So we'll cover all of that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's D. Gunn. He's coming to you from Ocean. I am Rob Ellis getting you set for the Eagles and the Bucks Monday night football. All right, let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is a very, very challenging thing. You want to make sure you get that right. That's for sure. Uh, I can tell you from personal experience that that someone I trust with my finances is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you try to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and it, it was the absolute best thing that I ever did financially. Give them a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Near the mouthful. All right, All right I'm good. Uh, I was wondering how you had to get through that with a mouthful of food. Swallow real quick. That's what I did. So uh, that's the gun. He's coming to you from Ocean Casino Resort, uh, where he will be for the pre and post game festivities tonight for Jacob. Now, what time do the pre game festivities kick off tonight, D Gun? Pre game show is from six to seven. Um, um, kickoff is 7.15, and then, of yep. course, uh, the pregame show will be with me and Mark Farzetta and Seth Joyner. Postgame show is a cast of thousands. Um, it is uh, Farzi, Mike Bissonelli, Seth, myself, Kayla Santiago, and Bill Colorolo. Excellent. Uh, all coming to you, and, of course, John McMullen will join us from Tampa once he's uh, done with his locker room commitment. So right. we have a cast of thousands for an hour and a half to two-hour show, postgame show tonight. All right. Excellent. All right. So uh, let's look back at the NFC East uh, over the weekend, Derek, including Thursday. But let's start with yesterday. So as things stand right now, going into the game, you have the Eagles at 2-0. You have Dallas at 2-1, Washington 2-1, and and the Giants at 1-2. Let's start with Dallas yesterday, uh, 4 o'clock, I guess 4 o'clock, 425 game. They lose to the Cardinals 28-16. Cardinals, like this clearly looked like a game to me, Derek, at least. 
that Dallas had been reading all their press clippings, sniffing themselves all week, and thought they were just going to roll into the desert and take it to the Cardinals. And the Cardinals came out ready to play. I give them credit. They scored on their first five possessions yep. in the first half. Um, you know, Josh Dobbs didn't set the world on fire, but he did enough and he played well enough. And I thought they did a good job mixing it up with some of their speed guys, uh, Rondell Moore included, uh, to be able to make enough plays. And, you know, Dallas had another critical red zone interception, which has been Dak's MO. I'll tell you the other thing. Talk about unprepared, 13 penalties for Dallas, straight up sloppy. One for five in the red zone, straight up sloppy. And do they miss Trayvon Diggs? Eh, maybe, but I thought that was a team that, that felt like they could just show up and win. Arizona played like a team that was a, a wounded animal, and they just needed something positive, and they came out laser-focused. And Joshua Dobbs, who you know people snicker at because he's a habitual journeyman, came out and played like a frontline quarterback, and I think he shocked he shocked Dallas with his ability to run. He took off early on that 44-yard run, and that shocked Dallas. Um, and the fact that Arizona ran the ball with authority, 222 yards rushing on this Dallas defense after Dallas was so stout against the run uh, the first two games. Uh, but you're right. I think Dallas got caught sleeping at the wheel. Um, that was a wake-up call for them. Um, obviously, they were hurting to a certain degree, losing – the $97 million cornerback, but you have to play each and every week with a sense of urgency. So it starts with the coaching. I put some of the blame on the coaching. If you didn't have your guys' legs are focused, you know, the team is a reflection of his head coach. Yep. And that tells me that you weren't as laser focused. Were you thinking as a coaching staff that we can go in and just steamroll Arizona? Mm -hmm. And Arizona told you right from you. And, and even though Arizona came out and hit you in the mouth, you know, that should have been your wake up call. You should have realized then that, uh-oh, this this Arizona team is all about their business, and you should have still had enough time to adjust. But the entire game, Dallas could not, get, could not make that adjustment. And every time they answered, Arizona had another answer for them. Yep. Uh, and, and some of Mike McCarthy's play calling to keep running the ball when you're trying to play catch-up in the fourth quarter, I don't understand that. And then Dak, to the, the defining moment of the game, Dak turns out to be Dak. Your goal line and you throw into triple coverage in the end zone. And you underthrew on top of that. You know, you got two guys converging on your receiver and you got a guy sitting underneath. You underthrew it right into his hands. And you wonder why the Cowboys go out and bring in a Trey Lance. Not that he's an answer. We don't know that. But to give you a wake-up call that, hey, what you've done is not good enough. You need to take your game to the next level. And he didn't this game. He didn't. He didn't. And uh, you're right. And this is what I kept getting back to with people when, when we talk about the Cowboys. Nobody questioned that they have talent and they have talent every year. But I don't think they're ultimately going to be well coached. I think in big spots, Mike McCarthy and the quarterback come up small. And, yep. and I, I think that's a big factor here. You get look, they're, they're generally going to beat the teams that they're better than during the regular season because they are more talented. Yep. But I think when you come into close game situations, where you're trailing or whatever, or it's tied. Neither one of those guys have good track records in those spots. So I, I, I think this was a, you know, Dallas probably views it as, oh, it's going to be a wake-up call for us. I, you know, I think it was a team that was way overconfident. And credit to the Cardinals. You know, they showed up and they they weren't intimidated and they won the game and they did enough. And you hold Dallas, you know, to to 16 points with that offense, you're doing something right. So I, I give them a lot of credit for a team that isn't that talented. 
Well, like we said, Rob, you know, take nothing for granted every week because every week is its own storyline, as we saw so vividly yesterday across the NFL. Um, but Jonathan Gannon um, was in dire straits, and whatever message he preached to his team all all week long, they received it. And taking into consideration, Buda Baker wasn't even playing. Yeah, You know, their best defensive player wasn't even playing in this game, and they still were able to shut Dallas down. Yeah. Um, that just goes to show you that you cannot coast through any week in a game. Yep. You know, I don't care if you're playing a team that's over the season. That's that team is can, can jump up and bite you because they're wounded at any given moment. Yeah. Um, fortunately for us, Dallas lost. Unfortunately for them, they've got to live with this now until their next game. And they have New England at home this weekend, and I fully expect them to, be, to see a much different Dallas team on the field against New England. I do too. Well, and we'll tell you what the Patriots did, you know, in a little bit. If you didn't see, we'll go into the game a little bit more. Uh, but they, you know, the the big news for them this week was losing Trayvon Diggs. I mean, boy, but I tell you, his timing was perfect. He got that huge deal. Oh, yeah, before this went down. But that's that's a big loss for them. Um, that's a big loss. San Diego also lost Mike Williams with a torn ACL. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. every week is somebody else, man. It's it's yep. just scary. And that's why I say every time the Eagles step on the field, keep your fingers crossed, man, because, the, you know, you think about the multitude of injuries. You can field a Pro Bowl team with the multitude of injuries we've already seen in just the first few weeks of this season. And yeah. you still have – every team has 14, 15 games to go yet. So, you know, you proceed with caution. Um, the Eagles' ability to keep that team healthy last year doesn't necessarily mean that will be the case this year because everybody's playing you a lot harder. Because you were the Super Bowl runner-up, you are everybody's Super Bowl or second Super Bowl this year. So they're going to give you a little bit more. So you better be able to match that physicality with physicality. Yep, absolutely. All right. So uh, beyond that, um, let, let's let's look into the Commanders here, Derek. This was a this was a beatdown. Uh, they lose thirty-seven to three. Sam Howell, who had played pretty good the first two weeks, uh, four interceptions. Washington five turnovers total um i'll tell you here, real quick on the bills after that jets loss yeah i think it i really do think it was a wake-up call they've outscored their last two opponents 75 to 13 um yes. they they have put it on them but they had um they forced five turnovers to the bills and they sacked him nine times and then yes. washington didn't get one sack on josh allen um that vaunted washington defensive front uh, was a no-show in this game. And, you know, Josh Allen, after that loss to the Jets, came out and said, uh, that won't happen again in terms of his play. Because let's face it, he was sloppy in that game against the Jets. And he's been focused since, no question about that. Mm -hmm. um, on paper, you could say Buffalo was a superior team across the board. Wow, did they play like it. For a young quarterback like Sam Howell, that was a valuable learning experience, you know. How much better will he get? You know, I don't know. I haven't seen his college numbers, but I would be hard pressed to find a, a college game he played in where he had no quarterback touchdown passes, four interceptions, and get dumped on his butt officially nine times. Yeah. That's not even including the number of hits he may have taken. He probably took over 20 hits in this game. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, you could just you could see it from the jump what this was. I mean, this this was gonna be this was gonna be ugly. Um, I think you have Buffalo, who is playing well, who's a good team, and I yep. think you have a Washington team that that 
maybe overachieved to an extent in the first two weeks. I, I just, I, I watch them. I watch the Giants. I don't see anything special, Derek. I, I don't see, either. I don't either. Okay, teams are not bad, and it doesn't mean you, you know, they, they can't. I'm not saying that like the Eagles are going to sweep them out, but man, I, I just, I don't see anything special. I, I think they, they look both look mediocre to me, or maybe slightly above. Well, when you talk about Washington and the Giants in particular, look at their personnel. You know, Washington has the pass catchers, but an unknown commodity at quarterback. The Giants have a bunch of pieces at wide receiver and an okay quarterback, an athletic quarterback, but he's not an elite passer. So it's like components are missing. You know, when you look at the Eagles and the Dallas teams, they, they look complete across the board, although Dallas still has question marks with this tight end situation. But yeah. For the most part, they look like complete teams across the board. It's amazing how you have two halves and, and you've got a, the other two teams that are have nots, you know, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, Washington is going to be very competitive, but that doesn't necessarily equate to wins. You know, when you got a young guy at the helm, he's got to take his lumps. You know, right. the veteran players like the Terry McLaurins and the Curtis Samuels and the Johan Dawson's, they want to win now. They've been in the league long enough. They want to win now. But now the organization is telling you, look, we're committed to this thing, but you have to be patient because of who we have under center. And it's going to take time. Now, Sam Howell, as athletic as he looks, may cost him a winning season because of the trials and tribulations he has to go through to understand what his job description is in this Eric Bieniemy offense. That comes with time. Yeah, because you're playing somebody different every week, it's going to be a bit of different adjustment periods. How quick can he adapt on the fly will determine the success or failure of Washington? Yeah, I think you're right, and and you're right. It's a it's a balancing act, and it's hard for those co- for especially for Ron Rivera, who let's face it is very much on the hot seat. You know, um, yes, it, it would it would. He's probably going to lose his job because of it, but you, you know, you made the commitment to the guy, and you got to try and live with it uh, right. so far. And then, look, the uh, the other thing with the Giants is they're so like Saquon dependent, and if, if Saquon's right. banged up, and it came out over the weekend that, or actually, it came out during the broadcast on that game Thursday night that it it, it may actually be a high ankle sprain. You know, if that's the case, and this is this is a multiple week issue. Uh, you know, then then Giants are in some big trouble, Derek. I mean, they Niners didn't kill them, but it wasn't a very competitive game. Um, Niners win their 13th straight regular season game. Um, the, the other thing I was interested in, the Giants blitzed Purdy 33 of the 39 dropbacks that he had. Mm. And he was he, he, he passed for 247 yards and two touchdowns when they did that. So it wasn't effective. Um, he, you know, McCaffrey – McCaffrey's had touchdowns in 12 straight regular season. They're undefeated in the regular season since they made that trade for him. It's it's one of the things they don't talk enough about is what an impact he's had on them. Jeez. You know, a lot of teams were screaming when the Niners made that move because Christian McCaffrey is perfect is a perfect fit for that um, constant moving offensive scheme that the 49ers like to, like to run. And as long as he's healthy, to go along with Debo and Ayuk and, and George Kittle, uh, it makes that offense that much more lethal. And let's face it, Brock Purdy doesn't have the strongest arm, but in the intermediate game is where he's the most lethal. Yep. And putting, you know, Christian McCaffrey had 85 yards rushing on 18 carries, and he had another five catches for 34 yards. So he had over 100 yards of total offense for that team. 
He's the perfect Swiss Army knife for what the 49ers like to do uh, in that offensive structure. And when he does it well, it takes so much pressure on Brock Purdy because you have to know where Christian McCaffrey is on the field at all times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the, the, you do. I mean, and, and he's so multiple, as they like to say, multiple these days. But so you look at the NFC East, right? I, I, I don't know that there's any real shocks here, Derek. I mean, you have – New York, who's under 500. You have Washington, who has why I'm, you know, they could easily have a couple of losses here. Dallas is two and one. I mean, Dallas is clearly talented, but like we said, they they seem to get in their own way. Yeah. And the Eagles, the good news is two and zero oh and haven't played their best football yet. So I think you got to, if you're an Eagles fan, you gotta look at this and be pretty happy. I mean, certainly the weekend went your way when all three teams lost, and you get right. Washington next week, which. You know, we'll see. When you get embarrassed like this, you generally tend to bounce back and play better. So I don't know. You know, I don't know if that part of it's great. I would rather, almost rather, they have just lost than get, get their doors blown off. But mm. you know, well, um, they're going to come back because they they get the Eagles now in a short week. So they that's a slight advantage in terms of get, getting an extra day to heal up the aches and pains and to try to get this game out of your system and move forward. But I guarantee you, Ron Rivera is going to be harping all week about what they didn't do against Buffalo. And now we're playing another offensive juggernaut in the Eagles or a potential offensive juggernaut. We cannot afford to have a letdown like this again. So that's going to be the battle cry. And the players who have a lot of pride are going to take this on themselves. And we got to make a better showing. Plus, it's within the division. You know, and we're jockeying for a position in the division as well. If it comes down, you know, to to a, a tight race at the end. So here's where you set certain habits and certain patterns. And again, I put Washington in the category of wake-up game, as you talked about a moment ago. This could be their wake-up game. Now, I'm not saying they're going to come in here and beat the Eagles by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm saying I expect it to be a hard-fought division game with a lot of twists and turns in that game. All right, looking at the Eagles so far, um, what has surprised you most? And what has looked like you thought it was going to look? What, what's the thing that, that that sort of makes you step back for a minute? I, I would say I thought the the offense would look smoother uh, passing wise. Um, what I expected, I ex- still expected them to be able to run the ball very successfully, even without Miles Sanders. So uh, they're they're the thing. I would say a pleasant surprise, Jordan Davis getting to the quarterback to the tune of one and a half sacks. What, what would you say has surprised you, and what did what's been exactly how you thought it was going to be? Well, the the defense has been exactly what I thought it would be, a, a plethora of new coaches and a lot of new talent sprinkled in, learning its way. And we've seen miscommunications, especially in the passing game. And that's to be expected, especially when you had to put in a lot of young guys. Um, this is a defense that's still evolving. Um, and it's going to take time before we know what this defense is, good or bad, what this defense's identity is. Offensively, I would have to say I'm sitting here shocked that we're talking approaching the third game about an offense that has not been lights out like we thought it would be, that it has struggled, um, and that turnovers were directly responsible for this team winning those two games that they won, Mm -hmm. giving them short fields, helping them in the scoring department as well. Against two teams that are subpar, you needed every one of those turnovers to stop significant drives, um, and to get the ball back, the ball back in your offense's hands, um, I thought this offense would be a lot more fluid, especially in the passing game. You know, um, 
we're going to find out a lot tonight, especially in hindsight of Jalen having to hear that clip over again about he can't read. He can't read. I guarantee you that sticks with him until it's up to uh, kickoff time tonight. Yeah, for, for just to give you the reference point for people who may not know what we're talking about. So when the Eagles lost to the Bucs uh, back in 21, right? It was 21 yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, in that playoff game in the wild card round, um, Kevin Ross, who is the Bucks defensive backs coach, uh, came out after the game and said, or actually they had him mic'd up. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. they had him mic'd up and he's telling his defensive players, like, he can't read defenses like he yeah. can't read defenses. And he kept yeah. harping on that over and over again. You know, I'll tell you what, like, I, I don't, I think Jalen hurts doesn't need a whole lot of motivation to begin with. He is a very self-motivated guy, but I don't care who you are. You're a quarterback and you hear that kind of stuff when you, you're essentially questioning in some ways, either my intelligence or my experience level. Um, my guess is he's, he's, he know he he could recite what what Kevin Ross said word for word, and he's going to come out tonight and really want to stick it to him. Now you got to be careful doing that because you get you get outside of yourself sometimes. But I don't. I think he'll he'll use it just enough where it'll be effective for him. Well, I look at it like this too, Rob. Um, when when Jalen finished his statement last week, saying sometimes you know a little motivation is good. I'm thinking this had to sting to a certain degree to hear another African American coach tell an African-American quarterback that he can't read, okay? When you think about how long it's taken for black quarterbacks to, to, to find their way in the National Football League, to be accepted in the National Football League, to prove all of their doubters wrong, and, and some people have been openly critical of black quarterbacks in the National Football League. You know, when Doug Williams wins that Super, Super Bowl, that opens a lot of doors, and it shuts up a lot of people. And then you see Michael Vick come along. And now you see a whole plethora of the, of the black quarterback in the National Football League doing it extremely well. That had to sting a little bit. So I believe that's that's part of the reason behind Jalen making that statement. You know, nothing wrong with a little motivation. Yeah. And, and I don't think Jalen would do it, but every time I complete a pass or hit a big one on it, I'm looking over at Kevin Ross saying, can I read the defense now? How about now? Did I read the defense? Your, your defense okay now? You know, yeah. did I read what your secondary was trying to do to me now? Yeah. You know. Um, it, it's a shame that we still have to deal with this in 2023, but it's still out there. Yeah. It's still out there. It's not as talked openly as it was before, but it's, it's still quite evident, you know, that there's still doubt even today. Let me give you uh, some numbers from that game for what it's worth. Uh, Eagles lost 31-15 to the Bucs. Now, keep in mind, offensively, the Bucs had Brady, which obviously is a, just a much different deal, but they do have a lot of the same defensive parts. The Eagles didn't have A.J. Brown at the time, and Devontae Smith is a rookie. But uh, Jalen Hurts goes 23 of 43, 258 yards. Uh, he had one touchdown throw. He had two interceptions. One, if you remember, at the end of the half was a particularly bad throw. Uh, a 60 passer rating in the game. He rushed eight times for 39 yards, which is slightly under five yards per carry. Uh, Goddard had a big game, so that might be something to look out for. He had six catches for 92 yards in the game. Devontae was four for 60, uh, which is about a 15-yard average, which is pretty good. Gainwell caught five for 49, Quez two, you know, et cetera. You, you know, you get the gist of it. So it, it was not a good offensive effort uh, from the Eagles in that game. But that was – look, that team was in – Devontae – I mean, Nick's a rookie coach. Uh, what's Jalen in his first year as a starter? It, it was it was a vastly different Eagles team, you know, than it 
than it had been for sure. Um, th there's no question about it. And when you look at the matchups going into this game tonight, Rob, you know, there's a chance that uh, Devin White's not playing. You know, you've heard yeah. me talk about how good uh, Tampa Bay's trio of linebackers are probably arguably um, one of the top trio of linebackers in the game today. And Devin White, that's a big loss, you know, if he can't play because he's yeah. an attacker and he's very fast at dropping back into coverage as, as well. So not knowing much about his understudy, that could be a huge area the Eagles might try to attack in terms of uh, tight end matched up with, with the line, whoever linebacker, the linebacker is replacing him. Um, it's funny, you know, you brought up something and I didn't think about it, but you're right. You know, when, when you look at a, a team that's ever changing and how teams ever change, there's a lot of same personnel on this Tampa Bay team that was with Todd Bowles in that January 2022 game still. Oh, yeah. So they know the system inside and out, and, 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 and Todd likes to play that Tampa 2 defense. It's a very – when you've got the personnel you want, it's a very tough defense to find a great measure of success. Now, last year that defense suffered a lot of injuries along the way, and teams just picked it apart. Now they're healthy, mm -hmm. you know, healthy defense, and they're playing like it up to this point. Again, it's only two games into the season, but they're playing like it. So I, I expect it to be a pr presented problem the style of defense they play for the Eagles to figure it out. The Eagles have the personnel to figure it out, but because of the way we've been talking about this Eagles offense being in, in a pedestrian-like offense, there's genuine concern. You know, and, a, and, a, and the spread was – wasn't the spread up to six and a half last week, and you said it's down to five now? Yeah, yeah. You know, so what is what is Vegas telling us? Hey, you know, uh, this game might be a little bit closer than we thought. You know? Sure, sure. Well, look, I think, I think some of it is – you know, Tampa's off to the 2-0 start in their home. Some of it is the Eagles, yes, are 2-0, but maybe haven't played their best football so far. Um, I, I that You factor into that thing. But, yeah, I mean, I will say this, for whatever it's worth, the line kind of moved a decent amount last week, too, uh, against the Vikings, where yeah. they, the Eagles started off like 7.5, and, and it got down to like 6. So, anyway, but, yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it is. It is uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. So, we come back. We'll do a little hybrid segment, Derek. Uh, the Phillies' magic number is one to uh, to get into the postseason. They're playing very good baseball right now at the right time. They also had a rookie come in, make his debut, and look good. We'll do that. We'll get it back to the Eagles. There's a lot to cover here that we haven't gotten to yet. Two o'clock is our full-blown NFL segment, including the Dolphins putting up 70. Steelers, by the way, are back in Pittsburgh, Derek. It's been a long night for them, man. Uh, after last mm -hmm. night's game, they had to have an emergency landing in Kansas City. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Speaking of Kansas City, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. We'll show you some some interesting uh, reaction from from your girl Swifty. Uh, Chargers beat the Vikings. Uh, the Texans beat the Jags. We'll get into the Browns, the Lions, a lot of other stuff to dive into when we come back. But a lot of NFL. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you a little bit about Pro Action Restoration. Pro Action Restoration. You get the kind of weather that we've had here of late where you're getting heavy winds, heavy rain. Yeah, sometimes that can cause some problems. It can cause some flooding, can cause some other issues for you. And if you're not really sure who to reach out to, if that's the case, you reach out to ProAction Restoration. Uh, whether it's your home, whether it's your business, whether it's a property you own, ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. So you have an issue at night, you have an issue on a holiday, you have an issue on a weekend, you can reach out to them and they will get there and they can get the job done. I can tell you from personal experience, they get out to my parents' house, uh, which their basement was flooded. Uh, they fixed the problem. They diagnosed what the issue was going forward. They cleaned everything up, and the uh, the crew was great. Um, Pro Action Restoration, 
is licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company also. So again, if it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or you could reach out online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Again, everybody, D Gun, Rob Ellis Gunner is down at Ocean Casino getting prepared for the pre and post game shows tonight uh, as the Eagles take on the Bucks. Doubleheader tonight, Derek, 7 15, Eagles 8 15. Uh, the later game is the Rams and the Bengals. Uh, so we got a little fortunate with the early game, that's for sure. Uh, no complaints on that front. Uh, for the Eagles, uh, line is five, and uh, let me see if it, let me see if that bad boy has moved at all here. Man, I wish I could see that Rams Bengals game. 
It's going to be a fun one. I, I like what the Rams are doing right now. Uh, Eagles That's are five. Doesn't play. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's it's one of if if McVay can get them to the playoffs, which isn't crazy, Derek. Um, you know, Seattle's starting to play better for sure. Um, yep. You know that much, and we know San Francisco's the class of the division. But I mean, it will be tough. But what he's doing right now. I'll give you I'll give you the names again of the guys that are that are you know doing it. When you you'll see them tonight after the Eagles game as soon as you flip over. But Puka Nakua yeah. is their leading yeah. uh receiver right now. He's got 266 yards through two games. That's the uh, kid I want to see. Now, who is this kid? Who is he, Rob? Puka Nakua is <laughs> it's crazy. He was a fifth round pick out of BYU. Um he has good size. He's 6'2, 205. He was a good player at BYU. Um, but he's really, really blossomed, and he's got a nice connection with with Stafford. The other one who's playing well for them is Tutu Atwell, and he's another one. He's got almost 200 yards. He's a Louisville kid. He's a higher pick. He was a 2021 second rounder out of Louisville, but he's. I think these guys are taking advantage of their opportunity with Cooper Cup out of there. Van Jefferson really hasn't done much for them. No. I'll tell you the other thing that's not to do a whole Rams thing here, but uh, – I think uh, Kyron Williams is a good running back. He's doing a nice job for them. They, yes. They've traded acres away to the uh, to the Vikings. So all these guys are, are playing well for them so far. But, yeah, it's going to be a good game. Cincinnati needs it bad. They need it bad tonight. Well, you know, um, the, the Bengals, as much as they're hurting right now, they got some help because the Colts upset, you know, uh, the Ravens. They're 2-1. and one. Cleveland is – two and one and the Steelers are two and one. Right. So even if somehow, some way the Bengals fell to zero and three, as bad as it looks on the surface, they're still well within striking distance. If they can get this calf injury right with Burrow. Yeah. Uh, with, which as long as you keep playing him, yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to heal up, you know? And if you sit him too long, then you really could be in a hole. You could be 0 and 5, 0 and 6 if he's if he's sitting on the bench. Yeah, I know. Um, you, that, that's a tough predicament for Cincinnati to be in right now. I, it really is. I don't like. I don't think there's a good answer. I just. I almost feel like you may be better off sitting him and, and hoping that thing can get good in a week or two. But I, right. I don't know. I don't know what you do. It, it really is a tough spot. So we'll. We'll dig into that game in a little bit. I did want to mention some baseball here, Derek. Uh, Phillies win. They swept out the Mets over the weekend. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They didn't let the Mets play the spoiler. They didn't They didn't just think they could show up and beat the Mets, any of those kind of things. They took it to them. They beat them. So the magic number, they're off tonight, but the magic number is one, okay, uh, for them. So they're in very good shape. They're actually five up to in first place in the NL wild card. It's only a matter of time. Uh, they have six games left. They have three at home against Pittsburgh, and then they have three on the road against the Mets, and their season is over a, uh, in six days. So a week from yesterday, their season's over. But Six days, the season's over, man. It, it is cr- – we're, we're in – on Sunday, it's October. Oh, yeah, Sunday's October for – oh, my goodness. Yep. We don't yeah. even have a full week left in September. Now, thanks, Rob. Thanks for reminding me, Rob. I appreciate it. I, I think I think you driving down to to AC had a pretty good idea when you went outside today. Where where we are? We're we're almost in fall now. It feels like yeah, well, but you, I I, I kind of I know you kind of owe me with all of the sippos jabs I've been taking at you yeah. all summer. I do. You know, 
So you kind of owe me. So I have to just sit and take it. But you know how I am. Once October hits, that, that to me, that means I put stump summer away in a, in a trunk until next spring. I'll give you a little bit of good news, okay? I'm, I'm looking at my, my app. So it looks like Saturday, 75-ish, sunny. Sunday, 75-ish, sunny, which actually would be perfect for the Eagles game. Monday, 80. You'll love that. Yes. Tuesday, 79. You're in – once we get past eh, – Friday doesn't look great. Well, the weekend looks good. There you go. So I'm going to give you a little – Get past this weather front. Yeah, we got to get – listen, man, we, we – considering some of the stuff that happened down south, we got we got lucky. So it, it could have been – that's for sure. Um, all right, so the Phillies went let – me, let me give a little love to Christopher Sanchez because the Phillies had no fifth starter this year when the, when the season began. And they were trying a lot of different people. And Christopher Sanchez stepped in there – and really hasn't looked back. I mean, if you, I'd have, I'll, maybe I'll do this for, for tomorrow's show. I'll look at his numbers and I'll compare what he's done with other fifth starters around the league. And, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll just say it right now. I'll take him over any other fifth starter with the way that he's performed. I mean, don't worry about win loss where he's three and five. Right. He's got an ERA of 348. He's got a 1.06 whip, which is really, really good. He doesn't allow walks, Derek. You know what his strikeout walk ratio is? It's ninety-five to sixteen. That's that's unbelievable. So this guy's been been real for them, and you know was good. Yes, seven innings yesterday, ten strikeouts, one walk, which is typical of what he does. Uh, so kudos to him. I, and I actually, I've said this to you. If I was, if you're asking me what the rotation would be, I would go Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Sanchez. I don't think they'll do it, but that's what I would do. Okay. I think he's earned it. I um, I agree with everything that you're saying about Sanchez. The only thing that when I look at his stats that is a concern for me still um, is he goes five innings one game, then seven. Then he goes four innings the next game, then seven. Then he goes six innings the next game, then four, four and two-thirds. Um, I want to see him – I want to – especially in the second season, if you're going to insert him as a starter, he's got to give me length. you got to have length. Yep. In the second season, to take a lot of pressure um, off of consistently using certain arms in your bullpen. Um, what what he did yesterday, 10 strikeouts, only one walk, seven innings, an effective 96-pitch outing. That's the Sanchez I need to see more of. But innings-wise, we haven't seen it from him yet. But I'm, I agree with you 100%. You know, when it comes down to a fifth starter, when you stack it up against some of the numbers that you just said, He's my, he's my leading candidate. But now you're at a point of a season where you need to hit a stride. You need to have a certain stride yeah. that you can rely on in that second season. And I got to see him. I can't have him pitching four innings, four and a third innings in the postseason. Yeah. Because now you're relying on the bullpen. Let's face it. The bullpen did okay against the Mets this weekend. I yeah. still don't trust the bullpen, though. I still no, I don't either. I agree with you, Derek. I don't either. I'm scared. I, this is the thing that's going to bite him if it's if it's it, more, as much as we and you should be worried about Noel. I get that, but the thing that's going to bite them is ultimately is going to be the bullpen if they don't get it figured out. And and you look at the first round matchups. It's either it looks like either the Cubs or Arizona, depending on yes. how they fall. Yes. I'd much rather see them play the Cubs in Arizona. Same. Arizona's got some real pitching, man. Yes. And, and they and play very hit. good baseball. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're a very sound team, and they can hit too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd much rather see them get, get a team like the Cubs, who have been sporadic off and on all season. They, they go well in stretches, then they bottom out. Um, 
because because of what you just said. Because of that uncertainty with that bullpen, I don't want to see a first-round fluke exit by the Phillies because their bullpen lets them down against Arizona. Arizona's bullpen is better than the Phillies' bullpen. It is. And that's scary. That's a yep. scary thought right there. It is. Flat out it is. Uh, let me let me throw a little, a couple more bouquets out here. Um, Cassianos went yard again yesterday. He oh. got yeah. He's got he's hot at the right time. He's got 29. Derek, he's driven in 106, man. That that's that's a major production. You know, it's a it's a major bounce back than than from where he was last year. Um, he can be streaky a little bit at times, but he is he has really come through for them this year. And I you know how worried I was about him. Um he's been good. Well, he's got seven home runs in his last 12 games. Yeah. He's hit and he's made some great defensive plays as well. Big time. You know. Um, he's playing like the Castellanos that played in the playoffs last year. You know, yeah. he, stum- he stumbled his way through the regular season. Finally, the light switch went on in the playoffs. And this season, especially the last six, seven weeks or so, he has really been money in both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, i tell you what, I loved, I loved him when he was in Cincinnati before he got here. He had a bad year last year for the most part, and then he came around and said, that's the guy that I've been waiting to see. And he's carried it over this year, especially I would say since around June is when he really started carrying it over. Yep. Um, they're going to need him. They're going to. If this guy, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him move up in the lineup in the playoffs. To be honest, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, I wouldn't either. I, I, yeah, some of it is just Thompson. Just keep. Does he not want to? You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But yeah, yeah certainly uh, he could. Um, you know, Schwarber with the forty-five home runs, he's driven in a hundred. How about Alec Bohm? Ninety-five runs driven in. Uh, really impressive what he's doing. Here's here's another thing that could really be key here, Derek, especially because you're most likely to start the, the playoffs at home because you're going to be the number one wildcard team. Um, JT Real Muto, between home and, and, and road, at least hitting, it's been an extreme. He's way better on the road than he is at Citizens Bank. Park. Yes. But lately, like, for example, during this homestand against the Mets, four games, six hits, six RBIs, and a home run. He's starting to swing the bat better at home. If you get him hitting with the rest of that crew, with the way Turner's turned it around, with Harper, Castellanos, Schwarber, Bohm, Stott, I mean, there's not a lot of easy outs there in that lineup. No, no. And I've been saying, and I've been saying it all year long. When you look at this team one through nine, when they turn it on and while they start turning it on in August, they put so much stress on a pitcher. You know, a pitcher knows that, you know, every time a starting pitcher takes the hill, They've already done their homework. They've got the scouting reports where the weak where the weak links are in an offense, an opposing yeah. offense. When you look at this offense, there are no weak links, you know. And I'm talking when you start getting down to Marsh and Stott and those guys, they they can hurt you. Look at how many times Stott has hurt hurt opponents mm-hmm. with big game hits, you know. Same thing with Marsh, who can who can spray it to the gaps or hit the long ball as well. Um, th- that's a psychological advantage for the Phillies in terms of constantly putting mental pressure on a pitcher to be as fine as he could possibly be. There is no such thing as, as sneaking one by or a mistake getting by. Now, the only thing I don't like about the Phillies offense, way too high volume of strikeouts. I mean, they, they're, they're double-digit team when it comes to strikeouts. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially with men on base, the one thing I don't like about them is they attack the first pitch. A lot of times they hit into a double play, pop up, so on and so forth. But you're helping a pitcher out, especially in a close game late in the game. You're always taught from from little league on up through high school, college, and the pros. In late game situations, 
work a pitcher, make him throw strikes. Don't help the pitcher. And I think too many times this Phillies arsenal helps pitchers down the stretch because they're trying to jump on that first pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I agree. I would agree with you. Like I, I, that's fair. I think there's two things you're going to sweat going into the playoffs. One, I guess if I had to use my pecking order here, Derek, it would be bullpen, Nola, yeah, strikeouts, which, like you said, tend to make you streaky. Like it, t- it yeah. tends to yeah. not allow you to play a little bit of small ball, manufacture runs sometimes, that kind of thing. That would that would be the three things that I would worry most about going into the postseason. Yeah. If they can, if they can fix those little problems, they're very, they're very likely to get back to the World Series again. But yeah. because we haven't seen that yet this year, um, they're gonna have they're gonna have some moments. They're gonna have to try to manufacture things both from a fit pitching perspective as well as a hitting perspective. I agree with you. I agree with you 100. So again, off day today, three against the Pirates tomorrow, starting tomorrow, and then the Mets they close out the weekend. Just to give you a couple. Just to tell you, just to put in perspective where things are here um, with them in the standings for the wild card. So, uh, it, oh, by the way, I think Atlanta is magic number might be three to close, clinch out home field advantage uh, in the in the playoffs. But Phillies are five up on the Diamondbacks. Um, they're five up. They're they're basically. I'm sorry, they're four and a half up on the Diamondbacks. They're five up on the Cubs. Uh, so they're the three teams right now. But Marlins are only one back of the Cubs. And Cincinnati's two and a half out, so they're they're not eliminated yet. So you, there's going to be a little battle there for the uh, for anywhere from two the the two and the three hole there behind the Phillies for that hey, wild card. Uh, the the Braves may be a little vulnerable. I mean, Manfred um, is out for a while. Um, I think it was what Blister um, and, yep. and another one of their pitchers is not. Morton, as, they lost Morton for the season. Uh, yep. Um, and Atlanta may be a little vulnerable now. You look at how they're limping to the finish line. Yeah. Um, they're struggling to get wins. Yep. Uh, to close this thing out. So, who knows? This Atlanta team that everybody keeps talking about may—you uh, might catch them at the right time. Whoever their first-round opponent is may catch them at the right time uh, as they limp through the finish line here. And that's been their history. You know, that's been their yeah. playoff history. So it's uh you know, that's the thing. Atlanta certainly. Atlanta comes in as the odds-on favorite uh, to win the whole thing, but. They've been the odds-on favorites to win the whole thing a lot in years yes. past and have come up small. Yes. So oh my goodness. All right. So a couple things just to get it back to the Phillies here, uh, Eagles here, excuse me, uh, who are playing tonight, uh, Monday Night Football. Um, we mentioned a little bit earlier that there's a couple of injuries of note. Uh, you know, one of them, Boston Scott, just, you know, because he's a guy who would re- return kicks for you and can be effective sometimes in goal line situations. So there's no Boston Scott. No Quez Watkins, and I know most people look at that as not a big deal, but it does take away an element of, of the deep shot, you know, that you have. Not to say right, that Devontae right. Smith can't run those kind of routes or whatever. They, they certainly can, but you are missing a little bit of a speed element. I, I would think – I mean, tell me where you're at with this, Derek. Going into the game, I concern myself a lot more with Tampa's defense than their offense, and that's not to say they don't have playmakers. They have Mike Evans and they have Godwin. But I'm just much more of a believer in them from a defensive standpoint than I am offensively. I'm concerned with the Eagles' uh, offensive line inconsistency in terms of protecting Jalen Hurts in a passing situation. He's been put on his back seven times in two games, and he's been hit a lot more. Yeah, I don't understand why the pass blocking has been so porous up to this point. Right. Um, 
and against that Tampa defensive front because Todd, Todd Bowles is going to send pressure. There's no yep. question about it. Yep. Will these guys pick it up? Because as good as the backfield, their backfield is, they don't have an accomplished, a real accomplished blocker in terms of a running back. True. All it takes is one mistake. It's all it takes is one mistake to turn a game around. Uh, Tampa's front seven is a formidable problem for this Eagles offensive line. And again, you've had extended time to study this thing, to make line adjustments, line call adjustments, uh, protection adjustments. It's got to be a lot cleaner and a lot more fluid than what we've seen the first couple of games. Yeah. Because you're playing this Tampa front, and I think Tampa's front seven is better than the first two opponents they they faced, even though they had Belichick, this in terms of just overall personnel and ability, they're much better than than both uh, New England and Minnesota. So that's a, that's a problem. That's a concern for me. Yeah, um, yeah. How they handle it, I can't wait to see it because if not, if, if Todd Bowles identifies that he can attack you a certain way and he doesn't back off. It makes that game too close for comfort down the stretch. I'll give you a couple things I would look for if they're if they're bringing a lot of heat. Um, one, Jalen's just got to be able to pick up the hot, you know, receiver, yes, whoever it is. Yes. But the other thing that you can do to counter that is a quarterback draw. God forbid a screen pass, which we seem to never ever see. I don't know that they they just don't feel like Jalen throws it well or sells it. I don't know, but we seem to never see it. But I'd like to see that too. That's another great play when everybody's upfield. You know, especially with the way that the Eagles' offensive line can get down the field and block with their athleticism. Absolutely. You would think it'd be effective, but I think either one of those things might be something to look for if they're going hard or just a traditional draw with a running back, too. The little pause, the handoff, and that's a play that can, can be big. You know, the other thing is, I, if you're the Eagles, don't try and re- recreate the wheel here, Derek. Like, no. if, if you feel like that you can keep pounding the ball up the middle. I know Vita Vey is a whole different ball game than what they faced last week against the Vikings. I get it. But if you feel like you can run the ball successfully between the tackles, do it until they stop you from doing it. Like, exactly. I don't care that you don't throw for 400 yards if you can crush them on the ground. If you're running the ball 40 times and you're averaging three and a half yards to carry, I'll take that against this defensive front. Right. So that means you're moving the chains and you're, and you're controlling the clock. And Tampa can't counter because your drives are five, six, seven minutes long, and you're putting points in the board. If you can, if you can wear Tampa's defense down and have those guys suck and win by the fourth quarter, then you've got them right where you want them. But if Tampa's allowed to get a lot of, if, if they're getting you off the field in three plays, five plays, six plays, you're playing right into their hands, you know, because they're not a flashy offense. They're a very basic, predictable offense. They're only going to use the run to try to set up the pass. And who are they looking for first? When Baker Mayfield drops back to pass, who's he looking for first and foremost? Mm-hmm. Mike Evans. You know it. Yep. Now, you're going to have to double-team Mike Evans. If you double-team Mike Evans, you're leaving somebody else open. But I'll take my chances. When you look at Tampa's overall personnel of pass-catching weapons, I'll take my chances in one-on-one situations with most of their people except Mike Evans, which means you're doubling up on Mike. Yeah, Evans so far, Derek, 12 catches, 237 yards. That's the thing. He's not catching a ton. But when he catches them, they're huge plays. Yep, yep, that's, that's 20 yards per catch, um, 118 and a half per game. Godwin, Godwin's just been okay. Uh, he, not bad. 10 catches, 109 yards. It's it's about 11 yards per catch. Yeah, right, pretty solid. Right. They don't run it well. Like they have Rashad White, who I think he ran for 73 yards last week. 
and, and there's not much else like Sean Tucker, Chase Edmonds. These are the guys behind him. Eh. You know, and Mayfield will take off occasionally. He, he's definitely mobile. Like there's no doubt he can get himself out of trouble, but he's not, he's not Jalen Hurts or Michael Vick either where he's going to throw you on the ground, but he will buy time and, you know, pick up a few yards here and there to, to get out of a, a loss. He's, he's the kind of guy, he doesn't want to run unless he has to. Yeah. He likes to scramble <clears throat> to allow his guys to free up. And the worst thing a defense can face is a quarterback that can scramble and has time to look down the field. Because then it becomes a scramble drill for the secondary, to, those covering, because you don't know where these guys are cutting. And you're trying to keep one eye on a quarterback and another eye on a receiver. And all it has to do is take one out that receiver, and he's gone this way. And by the time you recover and realize where he is, it's too late. Yeah. You yeah. know, you got to keep Baker in the corral and let those guys up front get the hits on him. You can't let him float to the outside because now you're extending your defense. Your linebacker's floating to the outside in his face. Safety's floating to the outside in his face. Meanwhile, the receivers are crossing, in crossing routes. And when they, when they start those crossing routes, they're hard as heck to cover. They're hard to cover to begin with. Right. Especially when teams are running a lot, a lot of these pick rows. But now when you have extended time for these guys to scramble, that makes it much more difficult for you to cover. Yeah, and, and look, they have worfs. They, they, they certainly – he's legit. But they haven't faced a defensive line like this. No. So, you know, I look at what the, the push that they're getting from the middle with the younger guys and Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams. I look at Josh Sweat, who in terms of pressures has been flat out awesome so far yes. this year. And, but you know, the guy who had 16 sacks last year hasn't gotten one yet. You think that's going to – I don't think that holds up for three games. If I'm a betting man – I think Reddick gets home at least once tonight. You think so? Yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'll, I'll say it right now. I think I think there's at least a sack for Hassan Reddick. I do. Yep, I absolutely do. So I think with all those things in mind, if you're getting that kind of pressure on him, that this goes for any quarterback. But Baker Mayfield will make mistakes. You got he will force things at times, and he gets out of himself sometimes. And I think that's where this is going to be won. You can make them one dimensional, make him throw a lot. And, and, and their offense, Dave Canales has done a nice job as their offensive coordinator. You turn them into a one-trick pony, that's where you get it. That's where you get it. I, 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 I want to agree with you on the surface, but here's the thing. The Eagles made New England and Minnesota one-trick ponies, and yet those games were very close. Turnovers had to decide that game. You know, you keep, you keep going down that tunnel too many times, you're not going to come out of the light. You know, yeah. uh, they, they've got to get back to just flat out beating an opponent with athleticism. And to me, the first two games for the Eagles were preseason games because the, the regulars didn't play in the preseason. All right. So now for them, the real season begins tonight, especially coming off that extended time. You just have, and here's a, here's a something of interest. You were talking about Reddick. Yeah. Um, one of my contacts just told me, they believe this is the last game Reddick has to keep that thumb uh, protected, which no. means which means it could be difficult for him again because he can't grip the way he wants to grip to move around offensive tackle. So I'm not saying he won't get a sack, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I agree with what you're saying, that he's overdue. And, I, you know, you know he's hungry in terms of wanting to finally get, get the quarterback on the ground. But because that thumb is still protected – it may be that much more difficult for him because he can't grip those offensive linemen's shoulder pads to throw them one way or the other so he can make his move to the inside or the outside. No, it's a fair point. I think I, I think we all sort of assume just because somebody's out there, they're going to be operating at their highest 
you know, level. He's he hasn't so far. And I think it he is a hands guy sometimes. So I think it's it's a real thing. But you're right. That's a good point. That's that's encouraging that this thing could be coming off after tonight. That's for sure. All right, let's uh, let's hit it, Derek. We come back. It's NFL time. Uh the the Niner, I mean the the Dolphins, what they were able to do yesterday, uh, nothing short of just absolutely unbelievable. And we'll give you some of the stats. We'll get into all the big games to the yesterday, all the upsets, everything that went down uh, in the NFL. Teams that are already in big big trouble, and there are teams that are in big big trouble after just three weeks. So we'll dive into all that uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Right now, I'll be telling you about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is a licensed, experienced, insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face. So if you have a tree issue and you are in the southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware area, they are just a quick phone call away. Uh, you can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610 610- 850-2848, 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Take. That is Derek. I am Rob. Hanging out with you on Halo. In a Halo, in a Halo lights in a green room. Yeah, we, you, you almost look like a hologram. Ooh. Oh, man. Well, last, time, last time I did a show from here, they had a nice uh, ring light set up for me, and I forgot to ask for it. So when I got in here, I was like, dang it. And the room is so low lit. If you ever been in this green room, yeah, very nice. Got the big. Got the big uh, four big recliners, a, a couch in here, uh, cabinets, two TVs, one, two, three, three TVs built, you know, in the wall up here. Mm-hmm. We have an area over here where they set up the food before the game. You know, right. we get food, beverage, and all that good stuff. For, you know, pregame, the game, yeah. halftime. You know, but it was it's a little bit lower lit, and I forgot about that. And then of course, leaving my my camera for the top of my laptop didn't help. So I made a rookie mistake, but we do what we got. As Andy would say, I, I got to do a better job. Yeah, I got to do a better job of putting right. myself in position to make plays. Andy did have a good line last night. Well, you know, let, let's start with that since, since, you, since you brought it up. We'll get to the Dolphins in a minute. So uh, the Chiefs uh, win yesterday. That wasn't really the headline. They beat a team we thought they were going to beat badly, the Chicago Bears, who are an absolute disaster area. Okay, But they win the game. The big news is, and Tone, I'll need those uh, – those shots here. So Taylor Swift and Travis yep. Kelsey, there had been rumors, uh, you know, that Jason Kelsey had been pressed on it. He kind of hinted that there might be something. In fact, Patrick Mahomes said that uh, during the week at practice, Kelsey was like, yeah, man, uh, Taylor Swift's going to be at the game. There, there, there they are after the game. You have that same outfit that Travis is wearing, I think, don't you, Derek? Uh, let, me, let me put it to you like this. No. Okay. So there they are, and they also took a little ride uh, in Travis's old-school convertible cutlass uh, around the, the Kansas City area. The, okay, well, there it is. So that, that is them, I can, I can promise you. Apparently, Travis rented out this, this really nice uh, little spot down there in Kansas City after the game to have a little, little soiree uh, with his date with Taylor. So there you go. So that's the big news coming out of the uh, the NFL yesterday was uh, T. Kelsey and T. Swift. Well, well, once it became public knowledge and it just just uh, it flooded social media that there she know, is, she's happy. They, Travis yeah. scored. Meanwhile, mom's just focused on the game. She's like, I ain't got time for this Taylor Swift. <laughs> mom's like, I've seen this before. I, yeah. I know what's going on. Um, yeah. When it became public knowledge that these two allegedly are an item, the first thing I'm thinking is, how long will it be before she writes a song about their breakup? Yeah. It's usually her biggest selling songs about yeah. breakups that she's Correct. had. Yeah, he's going to be on the wrong end of one of those. Yeah. Man. yeah. So if I'm him, I don't tell her anything. I have to tell her. Um, I don't share any inside information. I don't have to share because you're not using me in one of your songs coming up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but then I hope it works out. If, if that's what they want, I hope it works Good luck. out. But Good luck. history has shown that. She's uh she's dated quite a few individuals. Right, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But let, let's stay with the game for a minute. So it was it was a laugher, forty-one to ten. The uh, the Chiefs win big. 
So Patrick Mahomes becomes the fastest quarterback, and this is in terms of games played. Yeah. To 25,000 yards, no surprise. He's he's on his way to being, you know, in, in, in any conversation, I think, with the greatest ever. We'll see. He's not there yet. Uh, he's got to stay healthy. But, Gunner, they beat up on a horrible team. There's wait, some bad teams wait, in the wait, NFL. You, I use the term loosely when you talk about team. Well, I, I'm I, saying there, there's bad teams, and then there's the Bears. Like, they're not even in, in a category. No. Like, they're no. the most dysfunctional disaster of a team by far of a whatever they are uh, in the NFL. So, yesterday, Justin Fields throws for 99 yards, runs for 47. During the week, their, their former defensive coordinator resigns. Adam Schefter reports yesterday it's due to inappropriate activity, and the HR team was sweeping his, his computer. What? What? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. So not good. Not not good. Uh, you know, Eberflus looks overmatched as a coach. Uh, their offensive game is horrible, and it looks like Justin Fields is going the wrong way here. Well, Eberflus could be this season's uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Yep. He might not make it through the season. Um, and, and, and a good friend of ours, I won't say the name in case – in case there are people in Chicago watching, um, yep. you know, I talked to him about it and he says, I, he goes, I can't wait to retire. He yep. goes, I'm looking forward to retiring in a couple of years because this thing is, it's out of control. Yep. Um, how did the bears, you know, George, George Hallis must be rolling over in his grave because the bears for many years were looked upon as one of the more respectable organizations in the national football league. And what they become now is a flat-out joke, you know, in terms of not getting that young man, Justin Fields, enough help around him. Um, coach The coaching situation, they let a guy who hadn't who, who hadn't played against him before in, in uh, Jordan Love come in there. And as Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show, he said, I told Jordan Love after the game, thanks for keeping the tradition alive, meaning – when Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown and looked up in the stands and said, I still own you. So he told Jordan Love, thanks for keeping the tradition tradition going. Oh, boy. Um, the Bears are a hot mess. And I know people in Chicago love their football. This has got to be gut-wrenching for them to watch this team basically perform like a lower-tier CFL team. And that's not – and, and that's, that's disrespecting CFL teams. This team, I don't think it could be the low tier CFL CFL team right now. No, no. I mean that that's why you know, people what, what was the takeaway from that game? Well, it was it was the Taylor Swift stuff because it wasn't a game on the field. It was destruction. Yeah. I mean, that, that was it was an absolute I mean, yeah. And how about our boy Andy Reid? Yeah. Has he come out of a shell the last couple of years in terms of just his overall persona? You see him doing uh, commercials now. I love the commercials where he's sitting with in the booth with Mahomes and the other guy. Nuggies. He calls them nuggies. Yeah, and talks about, you know, explain bundles to me. Yeah. He takes his hamburger. Then he says, explain it again with them little nuggies. And you see the hamburger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I love when he's on the plane and he's making a, a you know, marker mustache and a guy goes, yeah. Coach, it happened again. Mahomes. Yeah. He goes, Really? I got to look in it. And I'm yeah. like, This is not the Andy Reid that I know. I think it, you know, what it is, Derek. I think a couple things. One, he's got two Super Bowls under his belt now, and you know, let's face it, it, it the 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 knock here was, hey, close but no cigar guy, right. you know, and, and that's gone. He's he's gone on just unbelievable. Plus, he's he's probably just 
at, at a point in his career, he's been doing this for what, 24, 25 years now as a head yeah. coach where he's just, you know, his, his legacy cemented, you know, he's a lock hall of famer. I, I think it takes some heat off of you when that's the situation. Well, plus uh, kudos to, to big red for moving into fourth place in the all time uh, coaches win list. You know, yeah. uh, he's given a lot to this game. He's sacrificed a lot of family to this game and, you know, it's well documented the trials and tribulations he's gone through with his kids. Um, and he lost one kid to an overdose of drugs, unfortunately. Yep. Um, but he has put a lot of time and effort into this thing. And so kudos to him for climbing that ladder of success in terms of winning. Um, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. You know, when he was here, Rob, yep. a lot of people were frustrated with him because, you know, he would never tell you anything. Yeah. Um, and he would never show true a true um lighthearted side of himself yeah and i would always ask him dude why don't you let people see that, that funny side of you and he goes ah eh, that's not that's not what they need to see all they need to know is what i tell them and that's it you know yeah. but if you got to know andy Reid away from the cameras and, and the microphones and stuff he's a funny dude man he's yeah. funny you yeah. know quick wit funny mm-hmm. has a good time jokes and the thing is for him to be 66 67 and still be 65 and still be able to relate to young kids today and get the most out of them. You know, you know, they always talk about that gap. There's that gap between the sixties and the, and the 20 year olds nowadays that the older generation can't relate to the younger generation. He proves it wrong. He yeah. proves it wrong time and time again. No, he's as, he's as cutting edge as anybody uh, doing it. Uh, well, speaking of, I'll tell you, Mike McDaniel is, Woo! <laughs> All right, so the Dolphins uh, win 70 to 20, and it wasn't even that close. I mean, they, they could have run up an 80 spot if they had chosen to, uh, which would have set the all-time record for the NFL. So listen to some of these numbers, Derek. Okay, they rushed for 350. They passed for 376, okay? Yep. Uh, 726 total yards is the most since 1966. Washington uh, recorded that in 66. They did all this without Jalen Waddle, also. But Tua Tua yeah. goes twenty three of twenty six, three hundred nine yards, four touchdowns. He didn't even play a full three quarters. Um, the 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 young kid uh, Devon Akane is that how you said it? Akane, mm-hmm. uh, two hundred thirty three total yards. The running back, four touchdowns in the game as well. Um, they just took it to Denver and whitewashed them. I, you know what? The, the play design. And two has got a lot of Mahomes in him. Yes. No looks. Yeah. The no look yeah. shovel pass. Yeah. Oh, the, there was there was so, the, the play design is look this this McDaniel is like a mad scientist. He really is. When I looked at when I looked at this game, Rob, as it was getting out of control, uh, and, and I saw highlights on the NFL Network. Yeah. Um, and especially when it was like in the '40s, you saw Denver players giving up on pursuit. Yep. Uh, when when they were big, that's not a Sean Payton team. I've never seen a Sean Payton team just give up like that. Yeah, they flat out gave up. And the bigger question is, is Russell Wilson shot? That's a well, so you have, Derek. Here's where you have two major problems. You're paying Sean Payton tons of money, yes. and you're paying Russell Wilson tons of money. You know, Absolutely. I'd have to look at the guaranteed numbers and all that, but either way. If he's shot and if Peyton – it's only three games, but if Peyton can't get it turned around or whatever, they're screwed. Like, they are absolutely screwed for a long time. Because even if you want to try to gut the team, you can't gut the team and bring in a whole plethora of new veterans because of that cap hit to Russell. Yep. You know, and you're right. 
you're going to have to live with this for at least another year unless Russell decides to retire on his own. And I don't think Russell Wilson, a competitor, wants to go out career-wise on a downward like this. But now this is two, two straight seasons under two different coaches where he has not been that Russell Wilson we grew accustomed to seeing in Seattle. Right. I thought if anybody could get him out of this, it was the, the offensive mind of Sean Payton. And, man, it has been bad from start up until now and gotten worse. You give up 70 points. What do you say to a team after after a game like that? Well, here's the other thing. Like, for most of last year, they were, the, like, a top three defense. Yes. Yep. And, and now – you're giving up a 70 spot. I know Miami's good, but the week before Belichick, you know, they Miami won, but they didn't go crazy. Belichick did a pretty good job against them. Yes, he did. This was a disgrace. I, I mean, we talk about the Bears, but this team has some talent on defense, this Denver team, and just laid down. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I don't know if old school Peyton just can't get through to these kids uh, nowadays, but it's not like he took over a team like the Bears where you got to rebuild this thing from the bottom up. You got pro bowlers on both sides of the football. You have all-stars on both sides of the football. And they, they haven't played anything like that. No. They're not even playing as a cohesive unit. Yeah. You know. No. And and I don't know. I don't, Man, I never thought – I of the four teams in the AFC West, I never thought Denver this season would be the team bringing up the rear, to be honest. I didn't either. And, and you know – Again, let's go back to if you're going to talk the talk and you're going to just hammer people the way that Peyton did, there's going to be a lot of people taking glee in your failures, okay? And, and you know, you, you, you better straighten this out or you're going to be a guy who looks, who's got a lot of egg on his face for the, way that, the, the blustery way that you rolled in there. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be interesting, Gunner. That's uh, definitely going to be interesting to see what happens here. Well, you know, um, did you see the meme I put out there yesterday? It was awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I, said, yeah. I wonder what Nathaniel Hackett, for those who didn't know, I put out there with this uh, cartoon character, Snick Snickering. I wonder what Nathaniel Hackett's thinking after knowing a Sean Payton team gave up 70 points. Yeah. And, uh, where was it? Uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. You know, normally I don't do these kind of things, but – so I'm up to 13,500 views on it. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so that was uh, that was interesting. So the game last night, Pittsburgh uh, ends up beating. The Raiders made a little run at them at the end. Weird coaching, in, in my opinion. Uh, Josh McDaniels, not to be confused with Mike McDaniel, uh, elected to kick a field goal gunner that made it a five-point game. You were down eight at no. that point, and he kicks no. a I, – I, I hated it at the time. I, I don't like it now. I know he's standing behind it. He he looked. He viewed it as all right. We'll cut it to five if we get a touchdown. We win this thing. Whatever. I, I think at that point, I wouldn't have trusted my defense enough nope. to, to get a stop. I would have tried to get the the eight to tie it. And I, it, you know, then they now they're one and two, and they don't. They look like last year's team. They don't look any different. With even though it's Jimmy and Jimmy G's in concussion protocol, by the way. Uh, yeah, he finished, he finished the game, and there was no mention of him. Being no. under duress or anything. I thought he got hurt on that play in the second quarter when he got twisted like a pretzel. Yeah, and he still played. Yeah, but. Because we saw a similar play where Derek Carr got sandwiched in the Green Bay game in the third quarter goes down. Yeah, now, that was an AC joint sprain. But initially you thought he had a concussion the way his head hit the, hit the, uh, the turf at Lambeau Field, but it wasn't. They actually took him to the hospital. To, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The but I'm shocked that Jimmy G finished the game. 
Yeah. And he made some decent throws in the game, and he comes out, and he's in concussion protocol. Yeah. Yeah, but, strange. But Josh, but Josh McDaniel, he's second-guessing himself too much, man, because I'm sitting there watching the game screaming, why are you kicking a field goal here? You don't, don't get you, it. You don't know if your defense is going to give it, give the ball back to you again? No. Nope. I was shocked when he did that. But Yeah. So Pittsburgh wins. They're, it looks like they're starting to kind of find themselves a little bit. Um the defense is nasty. They're just nasty. Um, you know, Watt and that crew, all of them really, uh, really, really good. So they win last night. They had a crazy incident on the way home. So they're, they're flying back from Vegas. Obviously, it's late. Uh, they had a the fuel oil pressure issue. Yeah. They had to land in Kansas City. Yeah. So they landed at like 3.30 in the morning, stayed uh, overnight, I guess, and not much sleep for anybody. They hopped back on a plane at 11.30 this morning, and they're now home uh, in Pittsburgh. Nobody was hurt. It was no issues, but they had to be you know, better safe than sorry. So they're, they're all good. But Pittsburgh 2-1, and one, Vegas 1-2. Uh, and two. But how about that Packers game, man? So well, I, like I said, I was watching it at a restaurant in South Carolina. I'm thinking, oh, man, Packer in trouble here. I left it like halftime somewhere around there. And and lo and behold, they come back and win 18, 17 uh, where they, I think all 18 were in the fourth. I, if I'm not mistaken. All 18, all 18 points in the fourth quarter. And um, prior to that, the saints did an incredible job keeping pressure on Jordan love. Uh, they officially only sacked him one time, but, but the Saints secondary was blanketing all yeah. of the pack of receivers. Jordan love had nowhere to go with the ball. And this kid who uh, I really like, Jaden Reed, he drops two open, two wide open passes. And then all of a sudden they knock Derek Carr out of the game. But they're still losing. So I'm thinking, and I'm texting back and forth with my brother and my cousins in Milwaukee. And we're like, this is this is bad. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they have one big play and, and these young receivers making diving catches. And that back showed the throw he threw for a touchdown to Reed. That was Aaron Rodgers-esque right there. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the receiver adjusts, makes the adjustment, goes up and gets the same receiver who had dropped two passes, makes the catch, and all of a sudden, the defense takes over. The same defense that couldn't get off the field against Atlanta just took over, and the Saints could do nothing. But then the key of the game was Green Bay scores a touchdown on the Jordan Love run. They go for two, yep. which you normally don't do with that yep. much time left in a game. And I'm sitting there going, what the heck are you doing? Ball snap. He's scrambling around. I'm thinking, he's going to throw this away. Boom. Makes it. And then he gets the touchdown later. I'm thinking, that's a character-building win for a young quarterback. And when you're average, when you're average, average, you're the youngest team in the NFL, average age is 25. And your four primary receivers, no, let's make it five, include the tight end, are first or second-year players. And your top speedster, I mean, the top speedster, Christian Watson didn't even play. Mm-hmm. Their Pro Bowl cornerback, Jair Alexander, didn't play. Their 1,000-yard running back, Aaron Jones, didn't play. Yep. And your Pro Bowl your Pro Bowl left tackle and Pro Bowl left guard didn't play. I'm thinking, this is going to be a long day. You know? I agree with you. I agree. But, again, it falls under the, the category of one of many embarrassing games for teams in the National Football League yesterday. But my squad, the Packers, keep delivering D-Gun. Remember who said it. Uh, you know what? And, and, Rob, I'm kind of embarrassed because – you have more faith in the Packers right now. You you have you started this in August. I'm going to give you props. Yes. You started this in August. And even as we sit here today, you have more faith in the Packers than I do. And, I'm, oh, by the way, the Packers played this Thursday night against Detroit. 
Oh, oh, okay. That's a nice game. Okay. Yes. So, um, so, so the Packers blew the game in Atlanta. They should have won because of a, a, a false snap. Right. And, it, and but they but, but Atlanta gets twenty five points in the Packers. Atlanta can't even get barely get six points against Detroit. So I'm thinking, here we go again. You yeah. know, I'm going to be sitting there like this the whole game. <laughs> Nervous wreck. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to this one. This was two zero and twos coming in, Derek. Uh, the Chargers and the Vikings. Uh, I didn't think we, you know, I, I didn't think that would be the case. But we go into this thing uh, back and forth game. It ends up, you know, being a, a very tight one that the Chargers win. But Minnesota driving end of the game, and this is where you're hurt a little bit by being home and certainly by being in a dome. So Cousins couldn't hear the play that was coming into his ear from O'Connell, the coach. And they basically, you know, wasted away 23 seconds at the end of the game, which killed them. Like, isn't there some kind of hand signal that we can do here? If you, you can't, you do the like, hey, can't, not hearing you. Give me exactly. something else. Here. Well, well, let's go back a little bit um, prior to that last drive by the Vikings. And yeah. our guy, Brandon Staley. Yep. You go for it on a fourth and one. You're protecting a lead. You go for it on a fourth and one at your own 24-yard line. Yeah. Absurd. Are you stupid or what? Derek, I, I have not seen a coach have less of a feel for situational football than this guy. I don't like anything, any of the – usually whatever he decides, I'm, I'm in, I couldn't be further off you know, on the other side of this. All and right. that was another example. Great point. I'm was like, what are you doing, dude? You you go you and then you call a dive play. You don't even go play action. What's the standard play in a situation like that? Yeah, it's play Unless action you know, because because they're all going to sell out because they're all loading the box. And you got a tight end or a running back floating to the flats. Nine times out of ten, he's got at least two to three yards separation from anybody trying to cover him because you're faking a dive play. Everybody converges. You get that guy in the flats. Automatic play. Right. No, they call a dive run play. You don't have Derrick Henry in the backfield. You call a dive running play on a fourth and one at your own 24 at a crucial point of the game. Yep. You give it to him, and you're lucky you get it because the ball ricochets off one receiver's hand, off a second DB's hand, and falls into the safety's hand. Yep. That's how you win the game. Yep. I know. I know. So they the Vikings lose it. Now they're 0-3. Boy, oh, boy. I mean, that is that, – that division's open here. It is open. Um you know, to be taken Packers, Lions, uh, you know, either one of them at, at this point. So let, let's say, go there. I'll so the Lions. Again. I'll say it again. I still say the Lions is the, the Lions division. Until I see Thursday night's game, let me see. Where's that game being played anyway? Uh, let's see here. Uh, do, 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 week four, Thursday night. Oh, it's at Lambeau. Until I see that game, especially with the creativity of this of this uh, Lions offense against this Packers defense. Now I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Green Bay kept a lot of these players out of this game, knowing they got a big division game coming up. Right. So, you know, now before the game, they said Aaron Jones could have played. Christian Watson might've been able to play. I hope they're saving them for Thursday. They're going to need them until yeah. I see that game Thursday, Rob, I still stand here today. This division is the Lions to win or lose. I got you. Uh, yeah. So they win, they beat the Falcons who were previously undefeated. Uh, 20 to six. The, the good news for them is, you know, the big, I would say the biggest question with the lions is their defense, and, you know, and they were without CJGJ and they did a nice yep. job handling Atlanta from, from that perspective. So that's, that's an encouraging thing um, for them, but they're two and one 
Atlanta two and one. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Patriots beat the Jets fifteen to ten. I don't know how much you saw that, Derek. You cannot continue with Zach Wilson. You're going to waste a good defense all year. You are just going to waste them. That is pathetic. And I saw the rumor that came out over the weekend. I forgot. I think it was the Jay Glazer story on the pregame show where he said both Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, that's a little far-fetched, but at least Carson is more athletic. But Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan both had their representation approach the Jets, and the Jets said thanks but no thanks to both. I will call Matt Ryan in a minute to run that offense. Even though he too. might not be able to run, I, I would, Matt Ryan would be in my camp yesterday. He would have been on a plane right after that game was over yesterday. Carson Wentz would have been like, hey, uh, we'll get back to you. We'll have our people call your people. <laughs> uh, and just left him hanging. Yeah. But you cannot continue with Zach Wilson. Dude, watching him in the pocket, he has no clue in the no. pocket at all. Nope. nope. He, uh, he can't play. Even if you look at if you look at the stats, Derek, from non-pressure situations, this is where quarterbacks really make their hay. Yes. Meaning, he did the pretty obvious. There's nobody pressuring him. He's got time in the pocket. The offensive line does a good job. His numbers are terrible. He putrid. He, putrid. Yeah, he can't do it. He he can't do it. He's. I don't think he's even an NFL player. Like I don't think he's even a backup. That that's how bad I think he is. How do you how do you miscalculate on him that badly and draft him as high as you did? Yeah. How's that possible? Giant whiff. It's a giant whiff. Like Joe Douglas has done a lot of really good things. That ain't one of them. No, no. no. That little asterisk will, go, will be more glaring on his resume than anything else he's done. Like San Francisco overcame it because Brock Purdy can play. Yeah. Right. The Trey Lance thing. You don't with with Aaron Rodgers being hurt. There's no there's no safety valve to grab there. Uh, no. I bet uh, you they wish they had Mike White back again. Exactly. I I like Mike White. I don't. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that. Um, Texans give them props, you, you know, good job out of D'Amico Ryan's down there. They beat the Jags 37, 17. How about CJ Stroud, 280 in the air, two touchdowns gunner. He does not turn the ball over, man, which is rare for a rookie. Uh, he looks good. He looks really good. After that game, the organization came out and said, we, we picked the right man and Correct. Wow, through three games. Uh, he looks to be the better of all three. When you talk about Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, in him, man, and, and the biggest knock on Ohio State quarterbacks has always been they don't make good pro quarterbacks. Yeah, and so far three games, three game sample, man, has he been standout for that organization? Mm-hmm. They got to be feel really good about where they are right now with the quarterback situation. They're going to fix it quick there in Texas. I, I, I believe that. I, it won't be this year, but they're going to get good really fast. They're well coached. Yeah. They, yeah. they had a good draft. I think they'll keep building on that. So they won Jacksonville. Derek, after that turnaround that Doug had last year, they don't look like the same team. And there's a lot of talent there to be putting up a 17 spot yeah. in that game. That's you got to get it fixed really quick there. They, they have a lot of speed at wide receiver, good offensive line, good running game. There's no excuse for them bottoming out at home like that against a, a rebuilding Houston team. Um, but Doug Peterson said, we got to find a way to fix this offense. I do believe Doug will figure it out. But when you're you're down, you know, a losing record, especially early in the season, when that that schedule was favorable for you, dude, that's a that's a lot of thought process goes into now what's wrong, what's right. And a lot of times, when you start making a lot of changes, is when you start making a lot of mistakes as well. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if it's something minor, whether it's in 
you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence's mechanics, the overall structure of the offense, that's one thing. But, you know, now you start thinking too much. That's where you get yourself in trouble. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, Browns uh, roll the Titans 27 to 3. Ooh. Their defense is nasty. It, they are uh, they are loaded for bear on the in the front end and on the back end. This is a really good defensive team, Cleveland. They fly around. They hit. They're short tacklers. They get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. They are, they are a very good team. And uh, Cleveland, as we know it right now, if they can stay healthy, I don't see why they're, they, they're not going to make the playoffs. I honestly believe they're a playoff caliber team. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun Watson still has some, some stuff to prove me in terms of the uh, intermediate passing game. Sometimes he hits a big shot along the sidelines, great throw. Next time he, he's overthrowing sailing balls, so he's got to level it out. But now that Kareem Hunt is back in the fold to replace Nick Chubb, that ground game is going to get back to what it was because that kid Jerome Ford can run. Yeah, We know what Kareem Hunt is, and he's fresh now, fresh set of legs. Um, they're going to be rolling. I, I, I'm Cleveland is that team I'm watching closely every week now. That's such a good – we talked about it before the season. That division, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, yeah. Cleveland, you know, Cincinnati, yes, 0-2 start. I get it, but that's a really good division. So yeah. um, watch out for them. Watch out for Cleveland. Uh, speaking of that, Baltimore, tough loss. Lost to the Colts in overtime, 22-19. Good win for Shane Steichen's crew. They did no. it with Gardner Minshew. No uh, no Anthony Richardson yesterday. That's a, that's a nice win. That, that, that's good for him in, in character building with that team. The defense came to play yesterday against um, um, Lamar Jackson and, and, and the Ravens offense. Yep. And we knew that defense was going to have to carry the team because they're devoid of weapons and offense. Jonathan Taylor's still not playing. You know, much speed other than Michael Pittman at wide receiver. Nope. You know, but the fact that they were able to pull that win out, man, that's huge for that organization. Yeah, it's a good win, man. So if you if you look around the league, at, at you know just to update folks, in the South, it's Indianapolis two and one. Oh. They're the only team above five hundred. Um, and then you have the Texans one and two, Jags one and two, Titans one. The, the Titans, by the way, that offense. Ugh. I mean, Tannehill, uh, Derrick Henry's not running effectively because they, they're just loading up on him. Um, you're going to see a quarterback change real soon, Gunner. I, I I don't know if it's this week, but it's coming soon. And I don't know that either Willis or Levis are the answer, but it ain't going to be Tannehill much longer. When you do that, you're basically conceding your season. Well, but you're also saying like it, it is. We're done with you to Tannehill. Like you're goodbye. Oh, I I agree. But if you do that early in the season, what are you telling yeah. the vets and what are you telling the DeAndre Hopkins who who decided to go there because not just for the money, but felt that if you add me, we can be a legitimate threat. Right. You know, that's not what I signed up for. I hear you. You know, but yeah, I hear you. But you know what? Tannehill can't keep can't keep going down this road. No, you cannot. No, no you can't you can't keep rolling. And and Vrabel's on a hot seat. I don't care what anybody says. Um so yeah, beyond that, I mean there's there's the only teams it, it's crazy. You have the Niners, the the Bucks, and the Eagles right now. Uh, along with Miami, the only undefeated teams in football so yeah, far. Before the weekend started, you had nine undefeated. Now you're down to three. Yeah. In a matter of, in a matter of two days. Yep. Yeah. This was the weekend we started to see some crazy stuff. You know, oh. we, we we saw some you know upsets, minor ones, the first couple of weeks. This is when it's really started to get started getting interesting. This week. 
Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and again, tonight you have the, uh, after the Eagles, the second game is the Rams and the Bengals. Yeah. Like I'm with you, Derek. Like I, I, I it looks like it is going to be Burrow. Um, and this is a game that clearly when you're owing two in Cincinnati and you're in that very good division that we just talked about the AFC North, you need it. And I, I want to see if Sean McVay can keep this thing going. I really do. Uh, you know, he's, he's done a nice job so far for them. You know, he might, if they keep this going, he might be your legitimate coach of the year candidate considering the, the how devoid of talent, <clears throat> big name talent that that team is. Mm-hmm. And if they can put together a nice string and, and get themselves in a playoff position, you know, kudos to McVay. You know, he's always recognized not just a wonder boy genius as a young head coach, but being creative and motivated and motivating his guys to play at a high level. Defensively, outside of Aaron Donald, they don't have a lot of stars on defense. They lose their number one receiver. They trade Cam Akers, you know. And if they can put together some wins and and, and stay right on on San Francisco's tail, man, Mm -hmm. what a great storyline. Really good. Uh, Dennis Allen confirms it is a sprained AC joint for Carr. Says he's week to week. He's not ruled out yet for this week. They'll play the Bucs. Uh, later this week so he's he's still in play as far as that goes uh be elsewhere the the Seahawks beat the uh the Panthers Panthers were without Bryce Young yep. who was banged up with that ankle Andy Dalton started but um Seattle ran it really well Seattle can run the ball yeah they can. Uh, yeah and they're they're kind of I think they're getting back to who they were last Gino looked good too but they're getting back to where they were last year Seattle Kenneth Walker is legit oh he is good I love watching him play Yep, he runs hard. He's tough. I mean, he is—he's the real deal. He is the real deal. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I like him a lot. I—I I think the Panthers are going to be okay. They're just not. They're. It's going to take a, a while for them. The, the one thing, if you're encouraged by them, is um, Adam Thielen doesn't look like he's cooked. He looks like he can still play. Uh, you know, he just kind of needed a change of scenery. I think. When did he have a 165 yard day yesterday? Touched, and he had a touchdown. Yeah, he—he kind of looks. Whether I don't know if he was hurt last year. I don't know, but he looks. Looks pretty good so far um, for them. All right, let's come back. Uh, we'll do a little college. Colorado got it put on them uh, like, on Saturday. We'll, we'll dive into that. Some crazy ones with Ohio State and Notre Dame. Some big games over the weekend, uh, which we'll get into. We'll give you birthdays, movies, and then uh, uh, you and me and Tone will all give our final scores here uh, for the Eagles and the Bucks tonight. So you don't want to go anywhere. Keep locked in here. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street. And uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. 
With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we are back. That is the gun. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you uh, on this Eagles Monday. We got birds and bucks coming up at 7.15 tonight as part of uh, the NFL doubleheader. We go back to the single Monday night games next week, Gunner. Uh, So, yeah, it's the Seahawks and the Giants. That game's in New York. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, we got to watch it because of the Giants, but that could get ugly real quick. Well, look, the, the the good news is Eagles play at one. Home game at one o'clock, baby. Good yes. point. Good Our point. favorite. Uh, all right, so let's, let's look at the college side of this thing. So, uh, you know, much anticipated game with Colorado and Oregon on Saturday. A, 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 a game, I'm calling it a game. It wasn't much of a game. Oregon really put it on them. Uh, this was, I think, Derek, what happens when you're, when you're it's almost like uh, an expansion team. You can go out and sign some pretty good free agents and, and get yourself maybe even a quarterback, but where you really see it is the trenches. Yep. That's where you really see it. And I and I think, you know, Colorado's biggest issue is the offensive line, defensive line, and yep. there's no doubt Oregon just took it to them in those spots. Well, um, Oregon showed they are bigger and faster in the trenches uh, than Colorado. Um, and they just imposed their will on them. Early in that game, when, when, when Oregon was in their own territory and they pulled off a fake punt, that's when they showed you that they have 
and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but they have very little respect for the correct the, the, the road show yep. that Colorado become in three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the fact that their coach, Dan Lanning, he didn't give anybody any bulletin board material leading up to that game. But did you hear his, his speech? They're trying to win clicks. We're, t- we're trying to win football games. Yep. You know, and when the game was all said and done, you know, and I thought that was great. And I give Dion credit because there's a lot of people out there that were happy to see him not just lose but get embarrassed the way he did sure. because sure. they called it a sideshow. But Dion, he walked across that field, he hugged that man, gave him his respect, and basically went sat down at the podium, took his lump, said, Hey, we got our butts kicked. Yeah. Flat yeah I got no, Dion owned every second of it to yes, his credit. I, I think the other the other you know, I thought Dion was interesting too. He said, "All right, look, get me now because you're not going to. It ain't going to look like this, you know, later. But get me now." Yeah. Uh, but but he did. He he said that was a good old fashioned butt whooping in every phase. There wasn't an excuse yeah. made. Uh, he owned. Look, he, they're going to have a tough time this week. USC is. I think it could be a very similar outcome. I don't know that it's that kind of blowout, but I, I think they're going to have a tough time. Uh, Let me tell you something. The, the speed that USC has at receiver and running backs. Yeah. It's like a. a it's like a. a, a a plethora of Tyreek Hills at the receiving and their running backs are sick in terms of team speed. Yeah. Um, I think it will be a much more competitive game because number one, Colorado's bubble was burst. These kids got a dose of reality of what happens when you ride that, that Holy grail. And all of a sudden it comes to a crashing halt. You got embarrassed on national TV and you got this, this USC game at home. You're playing at home. Yep. You're going to be on national TV again. You're at home this time. Now, if, if I'm USC, I'm looking at the film saying, we can run down Colorado's throat all day. Right. But because they have Caleb Williams there, the Heisman Trophy candidate, they want him to get his passes. They're going to put it up in the air. No question about it. I still say USC wins this game by double digits, but I don't think it'll be as, as lopsided as this Oregon-Colorado uh, game was. All right. The other one was Notre Dame, Ohio State, which came down to the wire uh, as well. And the last play of the game, Notre Dame does only has ten guys on the field. Um, and you know, there's there's obviously you know a, a lot of heat coming down on Notre Dame and the coaching staff for that. Um, you know, basically, Marcus Freeman, their coach, explained, "I didn't want to take a penalty. I was out of timeout, so I just said, you know, roll with what we have." And Ohio State punched it in. Well, the last two plays. Notre Dame only had 10 players on the field. Right. Um, the linebacker should have been able to see that there's no DN in front of him. Yeah. Somebody should have been alerted to this. I mean, hate to say this, sit down, fake an injury, fake like you're passing out anything to stop yeah. the momentum. Because once Ohio State saw that, they and then they bring in this big back who normally is not in the backfield. This dude's like a freight train. Yep. And the drama of that last play, Rob, yeah. was like a storybook finish because – they had to keep looking at the replay to make sure the running back's knee was not on the ground. Did his knee hit the ground simultaneously when the ball touched the white line? Yeah. Because at one point, when you look at it at regular speed, it looks like his knee goes down before he crosses the goal line. Yeah. But once you look at the replays over and over, you realize they hit simultaneously, touchdown, game over. Right. Great by Ohio State, catching USC uh, at a man deficit like that. It was. It, w- it was pretty amazing. Yeah. It was. It was fun. I mean, look, a lot of good games. The uh... – the, one of the early games, Florida State-Clemson was a very good game. Um, you know, kind of yeah. back and forth, back and forth, goes to overtime, and good win for Florida State for sure. Well, Florida State didn't play its be- better game. They had to come from behind in that game in a hostile yep. environment. 
Yep. But the thing is, you want to be be the best, you got to find a way to be the best. And they came from behind. They won that game in overtime. Yep. Uh, that quarterback, I didn't even know until Sunday, uh, till Saturday, he's a, a 23-year-old fifth-year senior. I thought yeah. he was like 19, 20. He's 23. Right. And he's going to get serious looks in the NFL. He can throw it. Good decision maker. Um, but that was a very, very entertaining game. So, yep. um, you know, two teams that don't like each other. Um, so so let me ask you that for for it. Because, you know, from a football standpoint, would you have rather been at the game you were at or would you have liked to have seen that Florida State-Clemson game? Oh, no, I, I would – I would rather have been the game I was at. Honestly, yeah. I wanted to. I really wanted to take in what it was like to be at one of those games, like a, a South Carolina game specifically. Uh, no, I no, I was perfectly good with where I was. Okay, all right, yeah. um, all right. Let's do some birthdays. You ready? All right, what we get? Wait, wait where'd my pen go? Where my? Oh, here we go. All right, all right. Will Smith, fifty-five years old. It's going to be an interesting to see what the comeback is for Will Smith. You know that's for sure. I was just about to ask you. Do you think he will ever all the way come back from from um, that embarrassing moment with Chris Rock? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to take some time. Because Will Smith was a fan favorite across the world. And when that moment happened, a lot of people just dug into him and continued to dig. And I'm not talking about just the average um, fan of his. I'm talking about entertainers, rappers. People really dug into him in terms of, how how did how could you do that, you know, on TV? Chris yeah. Rock to this day, I don't think still has spoken to him. You no, know, because um, man, you talk about somebody going from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows because of one incident. Yeah. That's, whew, I know. That's I know. Uh, he's fifty five today. Uh, Catherine Zeta Jones is fifty four today. Strong. Yeah, very quite. Uh, her husband, Michael Douglas, 79 today. Uh, 54 79. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It is. It's crazy. Uh, um, Donald Glover, excellent actor, is 40 today. Um, how about this one, Derek? Hubie Brown is 90 and just yes. signed a one-year deal to continue broadcasting NBA games. I, I mean, are you kidding me? That is unbelievable. I would, I would, I would go so far as to say I believe that's the reason he's ninety. He has a purpose for getting up every day. He just doesn't sit there and let time go by. He's yeah. staying mentally and physically stimulated. Yep, that's unbelievable that he yeah. that he signs a new one year contract. Total props to him, man. Total Jeez. props. Uh, Mark Hamill, of course, Luke Skywalker, uh, yep. sixty two today. Scotty Pippen is fifty eight years young today. Uh, Christopher Reeve uh, was born on this day in 1952. Um, Heather Locklear is 62 years old today. Strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a goat. Uh, one of the all-time great authors, Shel Silverstein, uh, was born on this day in 1930. Uh, T.I. T.I. is that again? Who did you just say? Shel Silverstein. Oh, so, okay. All right. Yep. Uh, T.I. is 43 today. Okay. Barbara Walters was born on this day in 1929. Yep, Barbara Wawa. That's right. Uh, William Faulkner, speaking of great writers, 1897. Bridget Wilson, the actress, is 50 today. She's married to Pete Sampras. Chauncey Billups is 47 today. Yep. Michael Madsen, the actor, is 66. Donovan Tate is 60 today. Cheryl Teagues, the, one of the first of the supermodels, is 76 years old today, man. 
Jeez. Is she strong at 76? Yes. You think so? Yes. So if you were single, you would date her? Knowing she's 76, could your pride step aside and allow you to date a 76-year-old woman who you yourself, Mr. Ellis, just said yes. is still strong well, at Yes, and it would be pretty cool to say I dated Cheryl Teague's. So, yes. No, 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 no. I didn't say Cheryl Teague. I said 76-year-old Cheryl Teague. Oh. You just said she was strong at 76. Probably not, if I'm keeping it real. Okay, all right. No. I don't think she'd want to date me either, so in, in fairness. <laughs> John Lynch is 52 today. Uh, architect of the 49ers, great player in his day. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck uh, had a really good career, 48 today. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks turns 30 today. Uh, who else do you have birthday-wise? Then we'll do some movies, and then we'll get our predictions. Uh, Dee Dee Warwick, the singer, born on this day in 1942. Uh, Alden Smith, former 49ers DN, is 34. Rashad Evans, the UFC champion, uh, former UFC champion, is 44. Phil Rizzuto, great baseball player, born on this day in 1917. Uh, actor uh, Zachary King, uh, Knighton is 45. Uh, Chris Owens, who played the Shermanator in all the American Pie movies, uh, is 43. Uh, former coach, he's the assistant head coach of the Vikings. I wouldn't admit that publicly. Mike Pettin is 57 a day. He's a Philly guy. Yep. The great Bob McAdoo is 72 on this day. Mm. Uh, Mimi Kennedy, who played uh, in Aaron Brockovich and Sybil, 75 on this day. Uh, Joel David Moore, who was in Dodgeball, Avatar, all three of them, is 46 on this day. And did I miss anybody? Because, uh, nope, that's it. Okay, okay. Uh, some movies, some good ones. Uh, Princess Bride uh, was 1987. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show was 1975. Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal was 1992. The Trial of the Chicago 7 was 2020. The Intern with Robert De Niro was 2015. Any other movies uh, stick out to you? Uh, you got Hotel Transylvania 2. A kid's movie came out in 2015. It's a cute movie. Uh, Paranormal Activity, 2009. Ava. You ever seen the movie Ava about the assassin? She's an assassin. No. She's like a model and an assassin. You got to see this one. You'll like this one. Ava. Okay. A-V-A. Ava. 2020. And Surrogates came out in 2009. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's our movie. So Tone is going to is gonna hop on with us, and we'll do our uh, our predictions for the game. So what we'll do is kind of how we think it's going to – what's up, Tone? How you doing, uh, fellas? What's good, up, man? Kind of how we think it's going to play out, and then we'll give our final scores for the people. So uh, let's let Tone go first. Tone, uh, give me give me how you think – how you see this thing going tonight, man. Uh, I'll just come out high. I think the Eagles win this game – uh, 28 uh, to 17. Um, yes, the Buccaneers have been putting up numbers uh, in, as individuals. Uh, Mike Evans has done his thing. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been pretty efficient on third down. You guys brought that up before. Uh, but they haven't really been putting up that many points. The first game, I think they put up, what, 20 points. Uh, they followed that up with a 25-27 point game. So they, they, they don't really have, uh, despite the talent, I don't think their offense is as potent uh, as it could be. Also, they don't have a running game, um, so I think it's going to be a little, it's going to be a little tough for them to, it's going to be a little tough for them to generate points. Also, I think the Eagles' offense has a turnaround today. Okay. Uh, they have to. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing for me is situation football. Gotcha. gotcha. Win first down, win third down. The Eagles right now they're thirty-seven uh, percent on third down on offense. That's not a good number to me. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, the Buccaneers on defense. 
uh, their their third down efficiency is 44%. So the Buccaneers can be had on third down on defense. The Eagles just have to be efficient and take advantage of the opportunities. All right. Good, good stuff. How about you, Gunnar? Go ahead. Um, I agree with some of what Tone is saying, um, but I, I, I put this game tonight, well, both games tonight, under the category of week three has been bizarre world in the yeah. NFL. It, yeah. it, you talk about unpredictable, and everything that makes sense to us in the present may unravel in this game tonight because of all the bizarre things that took place um, over the weekend. Uh, no question the Eagles have the superior uh, talent, but a lot of times it's more about cohesiveness. I don't know what it is about this Eagles team yet that has not gelled. I think this defense is still evolving, even though they're getting Blankenship and uh, Bradbury back tonight. It's still a defense that is, that is evolving. Tampa Bay's at home. They want to show people that they're not a fluke. They're, these two teams are two of only three teams left that are unbeaten. I think it'll be a little closer than that, um, only because Tampa Bay's at home. So I'm going to say Eagles survive 27-20, but it's not going to be as fluid as we want still. Okay. I think we're close in scores. I had the Eagles winning 28-24. I think there is going to be some points. I think um, despite getting healthier in the in the secondary, I still think Evans and, and Chris Godwin get theirs. But I, I think they are going to shut them down and make them one-dimensional which will also force Baker into throwing quite a bit. And I think that plays into the Eagles' hands. I think he'll have at least one turnover. Like I said, I think Reddick gets at least one sack uh, in the game. I, I think the Eagles will be able to throw on them. Um, I think you're going to see a much better passing plan and mm-hmm. passing attack. I think Jalen and the coaching staff having 11 days to work on it. Uh, I do think there's a little bit of Jalen that remembers what happened the last time he played them and, and Kevin Ross's words. So I, I think it'll be a little – even though he'll never admit it, a little extra sweet if he's able to hurt them in the air game. Um, I think A.J. gets going early. I think they look to establish him early. I think A.J. will have a good game. I think Devontae continues it. Remember, Goddard had 92 yards receiving the last time these two teams played. Look for Goddard to do some things in this game, too. So for all those reasons, I'm taking the Eagles. I don't think this is a a non-sweat, feed-up, chill game. I think it's a competitive game, but Mm -hmm. I like the Eagles. I think they're the better team, and I think they win it. Yeah, really quickly, um, if I if I can throw this in, uh, Baker Mayfield historically has not been a quarterback that responds well to pressure. Uh, these first couple weeks, he hasn't really faced that. The Bears don't really have a defensive line to stand on. Uh, the Vikings' defense is an embarrassment. They can't stop the run. They have no uh, ferocity, uh, you know, on the defensive line. In my opinion, um, he's been pretty he's been pretty comfortable back there in the pocket, you know, sitting yeah. pretty. Um, I think that changes this week. Uh, the Eagles' yeah. defensive line is one of the best, if not the best. Uh, in the NFL, as far as their depth and their rotational pieces, I think the defensive tackles collapse uh, collapse the inside of that defensive line, and they take it to Baker Mayfield to put him on a run. He makes more mistakes than he's had all season. Yeah, and and the other thing I'd say, and I said this to you as we wrap it up here, uh, is, Gunner, is you know, hey man, if, if you're if you're hitting them hard on the run on the with the run game, keep doing it. There's no need to get cute. If you want to pound it down their throat, do it. You know, and I know Tampa's been good against the run, but. I'm all for keeping it going. All right, so Derek. You got the two best run defenses in the league, and uh, the Eagles' offensive line is much better than Tampa's. That could be the deciding factor. Agreed. All right, Gunner's got the pre- and post-game show uh, starting at 6, Derek, and then after the game as well with the the cast of thousands. Tone, great job, brother, as always. Thank you. Appreciate it, Sure. And really quickly, you guys, let me leave you with this stat. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, for his career, his completion percentage, 61.4%. When he's under any kind of pressure, 
that plummets to 45%. Ooh, yeah, throwing like 22, tu- Ooh. 22 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. Like I might it. have to use that on the pregame show. Like it, like it. All right, guys, good job. Good work out of everybody today. Thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Appreciate you. Uh, don't go anywhere. You got three hours of the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Gunner and I back tomorrow to break it all down with you. Same time, same channel. So, everybody, listen, have a great rest of your Monday. Enjoy the game. I'll be racing home tomorrow. Yes, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Take care.